All right, this is Al Vins coming at you from Studio Two. Got my good friend Josh Raymond in the house. How you doing, Josh? I'm good, Al. Glad to be back in Studio Two. Yeah, I like it. I like it. We, uh, you know, we both of our wives asked us um, what we're going to talk about tonight because we've been doing podcasts pretty regular, which is nice. And we decided we're just going to have a nice professional outing. Maybe spend an hour or so, go over the recent happenings, and not necessarily drag people through two and a half, three hours worth of podcasting. I think it's a so that's us, right? Yeah, professional, professional, All professional right. outing. <laughs> um, hey, I saw today, Josh. We had our tenth and eleventh sponsor of refs, right? That's going strong again, uh, or still um, kind of fun. Our tenth ref was was uh, Nate Hart. He's a North Star ref. And then uh, our 11th was Gavin Ludwig. He's a Skyline ref. So we're, we're getting spread out pretty good. Do you know who, um, yeah, because they're, they're north of us, right? Skyline is, Skyline is like the north metro, the north side of the metro. And North Star, that's not like the St. Cloud area, I think? I think so. So also, do you remember, and I, as I'm, I'm trying to figure out, did we ever set a goal on how many, how many refs we're going to try and sponsor this year, Al? I think, you know, I... I know for sure we wanted to hit 10, but 15 well, would be Well, I mean, that's nice always too, our right? minimum, right? We want to get 10. The goal is to try to have enough, enough sponsors for every new ref. And, um, you know, so, sometimes that might be seven or eight. Sometimes it might be 10. Uh, I, I think we wanted to bare minimum 10 because we knew there was going to be at least uh, double-digit new refs this year. Yeah. Um, pretty sure Rod has more lined up if, um, if we've got – more sponsors that are interested we've met our goal you know but we'll we'll our definitely min- keep going and i don't even know if that's our goal is this kind of our minimum, minimum that was yeah. like the so yeah we'd love to then she that. saved us from having to sponsor ourselves yeah <laughs> good point right uh marshall zutter um donated he was one of our sponsors here and then i think we had another uh p rigotsky uh sighting perry perry picked up one uh one more for us well Thank you to those guys. That's awesome. Um, it's great to have, like I say, if we can just keep building it and growing the program. And as much as we talk about it, our involvement's very minimal, right? We, we well, especially on. since we've slotted Rod in. In the past, we've actually been a little more involved. And this year, Rod has really taken the, the bulk of the workload on, which is great. And it simplifies things. We've cut out middlemen, essentially. Yeah. Um, and now there's just one, and yeah, it's Rod, it's Rod, which is it's perfect. A, thank you to Perry Rogoski and Marshall Zutter for uh, helping, you know, to continue growing that program. So Absolutely. Awesome. Um, you know what? Before we get going, as we're talking sponsoring, Al, let's talk a little bit about the show sponsor for tonight's episode. Episode 67 is brought to you by General Sports Health and Recovery. You know, we're about, call it, 40 days out, 45 days out from the state wrestling tournament, and Dr. Gannon Volk understands the needs of high-level athletes and the stressors that the sport can put on the body. That's why he's focused on helping clients perform better, recover faster, and prevent injuries. As we make our way down the stretch of what is arguably the toughest high school sport in the country, schedule your complimentary consultation with Dr. Volk at generalsportshealth.com today. Thanks, General Sports, for... uh, Sponsoring this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, uh, this weekend, I had nothing going on. Well, I did. I had stuff going you on stuff Saturday, going on, right? I did. But I had some time Saturday afternoon. I, I came and watched a little uh, Randolph Rockets girls basketball. Met you and Jolene there. We got to watch Carter and her team 
uh, win a super exciting game. Was that against UCA? Who was that against? Yeah, it was UCA United Christian Academy. But it was at it was at a different like I w- it took me some Google skills to figure out where we were where where the competition was being held. Yeah, it was at Bethany College. But the floor had a UCA logo it on it. It had a UCA logo. So I they I think they're in the process of building a new school. Okay. So uh, you know, for the meantime, they're renting some facilities in the Bloomington area. I don't know exactly how that works. If it, sure. I just I'm not as in touch with the basketball, the girls' basketball. You just go cheer, right? Yeah. And yes. it was a fun game. It was. I had a blast. Yeah. It was. It was good. Did they win by one? Yeah, and it came down to free throws at the end and some big shots. And yeah, it, it was fun. It was um, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna watch basketball, Randolph Rockets girls basketball is near the top of my list, if not right at the top. Mine, mine too. I'm <laughs> glad to hear that. You know, the one thing was odd though, Josh. You were wearing um, you didn't have all all Rockets gear on. I saw a little bit of Simley gear uh, from you and Jolene. And what was going on with that? Well, we had a little bit of a crossover that day. Um, Saturday morning, we were, Simley was hosting their youth wrestling tournament, the MinUSA qualifier. And those things have changed drastically, Al, since we used to spend hours in the gym. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was, you know, we we were just kind of helping out. Jolene was working the gate, and I was, I was involved with weigh-ins a little bit, um, loosely, but there... There really wasn't much for me to do. Okay. Uh, you pre-register the night before. They there's a couple kids that they got to they'll just randomly the program that I think is set out they randomly check their weight. They call it an audit. But most kids basically just come in, check in, say they're there, and away they go. The brackets are kind of built already, and they're in and out fairly quick, right? Oh yeah, it's it's a wonderful setup. Like. So this is, we were talking about this a while ago. This is kind of, more and more tournaments are going to this, and it's kind of like when uh, MinUSA held all their events in that uh, facility they rented up there, right? Yes, yes. And You um, know, where it was not like a big all-day event. It was more, um, let's, let's figure out how to make this efficient as possible, get people in and out, not waste a bunch of time sitting in bleachers going down, you know, one row at a time as the oh, next group got called. The, the and staging hands area. With your, <laughs> I mean, there's some good memories from that, but there's also some really brutal memories. <laughs> oh, man, and some hours put in. And oh, boy. You got to you got to know guys like Perry Rogatsky. Oh, for sure. You know, really well, and, and Todd Hansen's and Andy Kaler's and Jim Biskin's, you know, because you spent so much time in the gym. Right? The dads are up there watching as their kids come out, and they're like, oh, man, he's got little Billy Smith again. He's going to have to, you know, and they're holding hands as they walk to the mat when they're younger. Yeah, when they're, when yeah. they're younger. But that was always the best, watching dads' reactions as they're chasing their kids to a mat. And, uh, you know, they'd ask for a dad or a mom to, to take the bracket to a mat, and they'd be staring at it the whole way there. And But that said, um, I think the way they're doing it now is awesome. It's, Get kids in and out because there's one thing. If there's guys like us, we're gonna deal with it. We're like, hey, I don't mind spending you know nine hours in a gym for a second grade wrestling tournament. That sounds like a lot of fun. But if we're trying to get new people into the sport, yeah. you know, that is not the ideal way to do it. It's not like <laughs> we would like to monopolize your entire Saturday, right? And there's gonna be a lot of screaming and yelling and craziness going on that you may or may not know what's happening. You it may be like fun, really right? confused. Yeah, you're gonna be hot. It's gonna be a little stinky. Um, the bleachers are gonna get uncomfortable. Depending on where you're at, you may not have very good concessions to deal with. I mean, yeah. So, the, yeah, the way they do it now, they got it broken up, broke up in like two hour windows, I wanna say, time slots. Nice. The kids come in, they weigh in, they wrestle. 
they get their medals or trophies and then they head out and you know the next age group is going it's it's the, the model Sounds is super slick yeah the model is good it, i went into the gym to watch a little bit of wrestling and, and just look for some familiar faces sure and i'll be honest like i am way out of touch with, with youth wrestling i didn't know i knew maybe two three kids al in the gym that you and know if i had to guess were they like um younger brothers or sisters maybe of kids that you know a little better than older yeah like that's ab- how it works now 100 if they weren't a simile wrestler i didn't if they didn't have an older brother or sister that yeah. wrestled, I wouldn't have known them. Yeah. And, you know, I think this story is worth sharing a little bit because I, I got the chance to watch uh, Will Sather. Yep. You know, headway from Eden Prairie, state champion two years ago, hopes to get her, win another one this year, heading off to Princeton. We've talked about him a bunch. Yep. He, he was there with his little brother, Johnny. Okay. And, and, and also, how old is Johnny approximately? I believe it was a 10U okay. weight group. So, and the reason I share this, this story is, is if we have any youth parents listening, any, any advice when you're going through that, that gamut can be helpful. Yeah. Would you agree? I mean, like, Oh, for sure. So I'm watching Ryan Sather, Will's yep. dad, yep. Johnny's dad, and they had also had their brother Ethan with. So Will's a senior, Ethan is a junior, I want to say, and then Johnny's a 10-year-old. Okay. So Ryan, dad, has been through this. Yeah, he's, he's actually been through this whole scenario. He's literally been through this. And he's really a stand-up guy. So I thought, well, heck, I'll, you know, I'll watch that, Matt. Yeah, and sure. It just so happened my Checking son the next Cash. generation of Sather's coming through. Yeah, there's another one coming. You nice. Know? So Eden Prairie's got to be excited about that. Johnny's a bigger it's guy, be too. going to be a sneak attack, right? going to be a few years. It's going to be a few yeah. years. I'm pretty sure it was 10 you. Yeah, approximately. Uh, so Cash was Cash was refing that that match and the, and they were it was a, he had a close match with a kid from Rosemount. I can't remember his name. But it's the type of matchup you want when you go to a youth tournament, you know. Competitive. Two, yeah, competitive. Both ways, yeah. And then they their bracket, you know, they're bigger kids for their age, so it wasn't a full bracket, so I think sure. they did like a best 2 out of 3 series. Yeah. And Johnny got a takedown and was winning 2 nothing. And he, he he clasped. Sure. And it's the easiest way to hold someone oh, down, Josh. Yeah. I'm telling you. I mean, and it really it feels like it should be legal, right? Just, well, and then the poor kids probably watch freestyle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the most egregious clasp in the world, but it was definitely a clasp. Sure, sure. So Cash is refing, and he kind of he goes to signal clasping, but then he's like, you know, I could see the wheels kind of thing. He's like, well, right. these guys are only ten, right? Like, do I really should I really call it clasping? It, it wasn't. He didn't like. Hold on to it for three yeah, seconds. Yeah, it's not like he... And he kind of, as he's going to put his hands together to call it, you know, he's thinking about it, he kind of slows down, and he looks up, like, towards the scoreboard. And right next to the scoreboard is Ryan Sather. Okay. Ryan, Will, and Ethan. And Ryan hold, you know, he holds up the f- one, holds up finger one. He says, yeah, that's that's one. You got to call it. Yeah. There's a lot of youth wrestling parents. Oh, my gosh. We've seen 180 degrees from that so many times. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, look, I... Johnny's going to grow up with a with a much calmer attitude. We've seen youth wrestler. We've seen wrestlers that are in middle school and high school, especially down like at Freestyle and Greco State down in Rochester, right when there's a little less structure, just go bananas oh, on referees yeah. and coaches and screaming and throwing stuff and absolutely. I'm I'm going to predict Johnny's not one of those kids, right? Because he's got two big brothers who he looks up to and his dad, and they're all in the corner being like. 
eh, kind of give the shrug to the, I move my head to the side, like, eh, it's a point. Like, it's you can't point. do it. Like, they didn't, they didn't yell at their breath. They didn't complain about the call. They're just like, eh, you know, can't do it. They, like, they actually what said you awesome have to call you, you, you know, yeah. in, a, in like a normal, like, normal um, voice, you know, I didn't yell. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a point. You got to call it, you know, so... And even some of the best parents would would just stare at the ref and not say anything <laughs> yeah. at all, right? Like I that's would, a that's a pretty cool. I'd probably look the other way and pretend <laughs> I didn't see it, you know, like hey, hey, hey like a, yeah. What? But, oh, I don't. But look, oh. I'm telling you that Johnny's growing up the right way. He, he's learning to respect the ref, and if 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 something go your way, you just deal with it and move on, as opposed to throwing fits. And that's a that less I, you know, it's a it's a funny tiny story here, and. You, I can't tell you the number of times I've seen the opposite and then watch the kid turn out to, to have issues and struggle with, you know, with, with bad calls even, right? Like even bad calls. But, um, yeah, that, that's... We've seen the opposite more times than you can count. Way more. Right? Way more. So, like I say, the reason I share that is if you're a youth wrestling parent and you're listening to this nonsense that we, that we do every once in a while here in, the, in Studio 2... Get to know a guy like Ryan Sather. Um, he's a, there's a wealth of knowledge and experience that can help through the youth stuff. You know, I um, they're like at big tournaments. Let's say like the Rumble on the Red type tournaments and um, other places where they've got maybe junior varsity and varsity in the same big arena like that. A lot of times I've heard head coaches tell their kids, their, their junior varsity kids, especially the kids are out, like, hey, pick a varsity wrestler and you follow them all weekend. And I'm going to have you write you know, a paragraph or three cent, three bullet points or whatever about how the kid acted with it, like just shadow him, right? Mm-hmm. Like they want them to learn from their older kids to see how to act, how to, how to, how to warm up, how to drink after weigh-ins, rehydrate or whatever the situation is. Dads, moms, find a guy like Ryan to follow around. You know, if you've got your first youth wrestler coming through, find a guy like Ryan and um, just kind of watch him. And guess what? It seemed to work with Will just fine. It, and and don't be afraid to talk to the talk to his older boys either. Will and Ethan, oh, for because sure. they were they they will gladly share their experiences with you and have a conversation with you. And th- they were coaching, and it was funny because they were, I would say they were doing the majority of the coaching. Sure. And as the match progressed, and I don't remember it was the first match or the second match that I watched. There was a time where they wanted they Johnny had gotten a takedown. Yep. And they wanted him to to cut him. They wanted to go back on their feet, and they needed another takedown, and there was plenty of time to do it. Sure. Johnny being the takedown. What, nothing to do with that? Like, oh, no way. I'm going to ride him again. I'm it's gonna... easier just to grab around the waist and hold him yeah, down. they're like, uh-uh. <laughs> nope, you're, you're cutting them. And they kind of, they it was funny because they discussed it without discussing it, mm-hmm. you know, and there was like, they're like, nope, nope. They held up the, the neutral sign. Show the ref. You're going to, you yep. want to go neutral. And, and the little brother's like, oh, fine. And then... You know, got to take down twenty seconds later. Oh, that nice. ended up winning because it the doesn't match. always work out that way. There are times when kids do "quote unquote" the right thing strategically, yeah. and then it doesn't work out. And then, the, and then sometimes it's hard for them to get over that. But sometimes it doesn't work out because their heart's not in it. Yes, right. They're like, "Oh, I tell you what, one of my good friends from high school, <laughs> I watched his son wrestle his last match ever. He was I don't know third grade or whatever. Was in Farmington at the time. Garrett Huggabuck." Oh yeah, yeah, they're in Arizona, so they won't hear this. Yeah. Garrett, Garrett was uh, ahead in the match, and it was his choice. And his dad Tim said take down, and Garrett said no. 
literally out loud, no. Tim said, you got to take down, got to get away. Garrett said, no. He said, take down. He goes, nodded his head at him, looked down, got in the bottom position, looked at his dad. As soon as the referee blew the whistle, he rolled over to his back and pinned himself and then got up and never wrestled again. Oh, my. Where, where, where's the Huggabuck family from originally? Northwood, Iowa. Uh, Iowa, okay. <laughs> Four miles from Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, that's where that's not the first time or the last time that you'll see something like that. Right. And it was <laughs> there's always those situations, right? Like it's a fine line, you know, Tim, um he was kind of at the time, he was one of those who got got to learn to get away. And I I know lots of people like that. And I'm okay with it. I'm also okay with people that say depending on the age, we got to have fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like getting away is not as important as still wrestling. If you want well, no matter what sounds important, have is having fun, right? You're never going to get good if you quit because you don't like it. Yeah, like so. Numero uno is kind of you know you got to keep it. And at some point, as they get older, you got to start riding that line between you know got to be a little more competitive and try some different things and maybe you know strategic whatever. But yeah, well, good. So well, okay, since we're on the topic of youth wrestling, which we don't spend a ton of time on. What do you think of, you know, we talked a little bit about um, my coworker Brandon Lundy. Oh, yeah. And, and his, you know, he naturally, so he's a Zimbrodo Mazeppa graduate. Yep. And he kind of attacked, you know, we, I was telling him about the JV Takes guys in their podcast, and I said, it's, it's a good listen, you should check it out. And I don't want to say he attacked. I was going to say attack is a strong word. Because this was, this was off air, this was you and him chatting, right? Yeah. But he had a fairly strong opinion at the time. Yeah, of, of Kyle Hunnicky, one of the co-hosts of JV Takes yeah. Wrestling Style. Well, this weekend he went over to the youth tournament in Goodhue. The maybe we should call him and see. Uh, oh yeah. See if we can get him on air and see how that went. Yeah, give him a ring and see if there's any chance we get him. That would be awesome. See, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work or not. Let's try it. Okay. Bear with us here, listeners. This is the first time we've tried this, isn't it? It is. You watch, he won't answer. He's probably got caller ID. <laughs> he knows. Josh. Brandon Lundy, what's going on? Well, I am, uh, I'm actually hiding in my basement. <laughs> okay, hang on a second. I, I'm, I, 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 so... I had a long, you know, I got a, a new position, so I had a hard day at work, long hours, and I came home, and my wife tried forcing some. Hey, hang on a second, hang on. Hey, just so you know, hey, this, I'm, you're on speakerphone, and we're recording the Alan Josh show right now, so the, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but just in case, I'm not sure what, where, where we're going, so, uh, carry, carry on, I guess. Uh, what was I? Was, were we live? Are we live? Well, we're the next best thing to live. You know, we're we're recording. We don't. Oh. Te- so. Like. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. That is. That's 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 clo- as close to live as you can get. Yes. Yeah. We're recording, and our editing department has the week off. Well, they do. So, yeah. So. Sure. Sure. So it's it's just the Josh and Al show. The editing department is gone. Well, it's technically the Alan Josh show and the, the editing department. We gave them the week off. So, hey, Al, you want to say hi to my uh, my man Brandon Lundy here? How's it going, Brandon? 
Well, good, good. It's it's better now that I'm I'm on with you guys. Um, it's it, yeah, I was. I was, uh, I got home and, you know, I, I just wanted to kick my feet up and I was told no. So, yeah. So I, I, I just, I've, I've been hanging out in my basement hiding. You got to make sure you're not dehydrated too. You gotta, you gotta hydrate. That's that. Yeah. This, this call is actually sponsored by grain belt, premium (laughs) American lager in a limited edition cans. Okay. That's good. It's important to have sponsors. It is. It is. Yeah, I, I actually have their their jersey, so it's it's uh, with uh, the old softball number on the back. So, but yeah. So what, what have you guys been covering? I you know I have not since you're not live. I haven't been able to listen to the live broadcast. Well, we're talking. Um, we're talking. We started off with youth wrestling, and we kind of oh. thought, you know, you just had a had a dandy of an experience over. A, you got to go over to Goodhue, right, for a youth tournament there. Wildcats, yeah, I, I, I actually, my phone blew up today again. Um, uh, the JV takes guys were at her. They're, they're relentless. They're there. Uh, I, but I, I did. I was in, I was in the, the great town of Goodyear, uh, the, the town that my county is actually named after, on Saturday, and uh, the Bryce and Tim Brewer Memorial Tournament. And I, I do have to say, you want to talk about a host community, a host town, good people. Um, it's good. You it's, it's well, it's Logan. It's good. You, um, I ran into Logan there. Um, and, uh, I, I guess Kyle was there too. Yeah. That was, well, yeah. <laughs> that was they, they, they do, they do an awesome job. The, the tournament, it was, it was well run. The weigh-ins went quick. I mean, we were in and out of there. Everybody had fun. Uh, their high school wrestlers are dedicated and, and just did a phenomenal job. And, and uh, the Brewer family, I, I just can't think of a, a better memorial for Logan's pops and brother than a, than a well-run tournament like that. Oh, that's awesome. How, how old is your son Braxton? Uh, he's seven. He's seven. He, he was, he was pretty proud. He was, uh, he, he, he was, he was barking at third place. He ended up, uh, yeah, he got third place. He was barking at second, and um, w- w- cool thing, all the dads were standing there. Everybody's BSing, and and you you don't get a better you don't get a better group of people than wrestling people, and so just the whole day was phenomenal. Um, uh, the, the cool thing in Goodyear, you know, I I I rode into town, and and you know I've been catching a lot of uh, a hard time about things over the past week, two weeks, and when I pulled into Goodyear there was almost an ominous buzz. You know, you, you could almost feel, you, you could feel it. And I've been in, I've been in this town many, many times and you know, it was cold. Um, there was just a blizzard and I, I, I drive past uh, the good you depot. Here's a plug. If you want a cup of coffee, or a sandwich, go to the Goodyear Depot. Uh, but I, I blew past, we were late. And so we, at, around the corner to the Goodyear High School, and there sits two dump trucks. They're clearing snow. Oh, yeah. And 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 the Goodyear Public Works, you could tell they're cold. My buddy Bruce was out there, and they, they rigged up. I knew I was in Goodyear because it looked like a chopper with a snowblower on the front of it. <laughs> okay. So. It, it was something, it was something to be seen. It blew smoke. It rolled coal. This thing was a beast, and they were blowing snow in front of the Goodyear High School. Uh, <laughs> so we, we 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 went into the 
to the school and weighed in and everything went real good. Um, but I'm, I'm actually sitting in the, the uh, Kyle Haneke uh, commemoratory uh, soft seats <laughs> waiting for the, uh, the, the brackets to be drawn up. And I get a text from Kyle, ribbing a little bit. Okay. So he, he started the day out, and, and uh, so once you know it, we, we, my son gets called to the gym. They, they do all the brackets, and, and we go out. The, I'll call it the tunnel. You know, you kind of, you know, like the Vikings run out of the tunnel. In Goodyear, it's it's right next to the the stage. Oh yeah, yes. It's it's like the Orpheum. Yes. The gym is kind of like the Orpheum. So we run out, and and my buddy Ross is, says hi, and there stands Kyle. And he, the first thing he reminds me of is fifty four career pins. Oh yeah, because he and he questioned that on their podcast. He questioned that you even had fifty four career wins. He did, and and I'd like to clear the air. This is the elephant in the room. Yeah, please do. I would like the JV takes guys to know that I had over 54 varsity losses. As a matter of fact, I've had over 100 varsity losses. <laughs> okay. um, I have more varsity <laughs> losses than wins. So this clears up any <laughs> misconception about 54 matches. I mean, well, so... <laughs> Okay, yeah, I don't. I mean, that will definitely clear the air. I mean, I probably yeah, that's that, that clears the air. <laughs> so I you, think. you had fifty-four career pins and over a hundred varsity losses. Yeah, so, yeah, and I, I, I do. I mean, I, I listened a bit, and you know, here's where you guys are great. Kyle and Logan went out. They got Joey on there. Well accomplished DM wrestler. A lot of success. Yeah, yeah. Um, Joey Majerus for our uh, listeners. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. Heck of a guy. Great, great guy. Um, and you guys brought me on. Yeah, we did. Yes, yeah. That speaks to the. That, that's great. That's hey. awesome. I, I'm pretty. I'm. This is a highlight here. Joey's never felt the destroyer. I'm convinced of that. No, no, I think they, they've, I think it's banned. I think they banned the Destroyer um, probably back in odd eight-ish. Um, but, but Al, I, I was talking to Josh at work, um, and this is a little-known fact about the Destroyer. Um, it, it only works on subpar, uh, sub-500 wrestlers. Okay. And, and actually, there was one instance, and my dad was a yeller. He was the guy with that. He would cup his hands to, to project the voice. Oh, yeah. And, and, and he would always yell destroyer, which I think hurt me because then they knew it was coming. Oh, <laughs> but I got rolled through and stuck in my own signature move at one point. Ouch. <laughs> rolled through. Yeah, so maybe out of 54 varsity pins, I would say 53 of them were the destroyer, um, and then one of them got me. <laughs> that's not, that's not yeah. bad. That's a, that's a decent person. Pretty good percentage. It's a really. pretty good percentage. It is, and, and that's and that's another thing I'd like to encourage. I, do you guys have many um, coaches that tune in? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, quite a few. Oh good. Well, one thing I think the sports lost is I think you really should encourage your wrestlers to develop a signature move. <laughs> um, uh, Kyle Haneke's cousin Brad actually had a move called The Undertaker. Um, <laughs> it was another one that didn't really work. You know, tried and true. Uh, <laughs> sub 500 guys but 
a signature move. I actually named a blizzard after it as well. Um, a lot of a lot of that stuff do, does does speak volumes uh, in this sport. So so the goal is to get a signature move, come up with an awesome name, and when you hit fifty pins with that sucker, you can name a blizzard after it or some other dessert. Yeah, yeah that's that's kind of it. That, that's really it. And and. Don't think it's kind of like giving yourself a nickname a little bit. Some people don't think it's all that cool. <laughs> Nobody's gonna name your move for you. You're gonna have to give yourself your own nickname with these things. <laughs> That's a great, great advice. Point. That is your great point because no you one is gonna wait around for someone else to name these things. Yeah, that is. That... Yeah, you can't just wait around. But I, I will say, I will say, when I was when I was uh, uh, standing on the side of the mat on Saturday, I'm in the Goodyear um, uh, Theater Gymnasium. Um, tire center and i did hear multiple i i, I must have counted 25 times and, and braxton's only in first grade so we weren't even there the whole day um, yeah. but I, I i got an ear for this stuff and and i, I would hear cow catcher <laughs> and and i would look you know somebody it's loud and i would look and i i would say i counted it 25 times oh yeah and I would say 23 of those times was a dad wearing a purple sweatshirt <laughs> with his hands cupped over his mouth, much like my father, a good you alumni, uh, screaming cow catcher. Oh, I can. And, but and out of that 25, maybe 23, I don't, I don't know where my math is on this, um, but I could swear three times it was Kyle Haneke. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think it was three. So... <laughs> You know, maybe that's Kyle's signature. I don't know. I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't know I, either. But the yeah, for you know, you talk about the the Kyle Hunnicky soft seats. You mentioned Kyle's name. Um, would you for we got a lot of listeners around the state that aren't familiar with the Goodhue Gym. Could you paint a picture of them of the the Goodhue soft seats for them? Oh gosh, they did a they did a nice job. Um, so the the good use off seats, um, what it is, it's it's uh, it actually reminds me of like the Zambrota movie theater. They got the nice back, the nice cushion. It's not bleacher seating there, um, and so it's a it's a it's a normal gym with a stage on one side. Across is the 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 theater seating with with the good use off seats, uh, but the the the. It's kind of a sad story, really. Um, oh, really? What? Yeah. What? So, this was kind of back in Kyle's heyday. He'd have to elaborate on JV takes. I, I hope he does. Uh, but what happened is they were wood. They were they were like wood, like the Metrodome seats, except made out of wood. Oh yeah, yeah, I know exactly. What uh, they were about. showing some signs of wear, and um, so Kyle was a big big driver on 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 that team so um uh deep waist uh <laughs> chop ankle um and so there was a lot of long drug out matches <laughs> during those days a lot of two to ones um maybe stalling wasn't called all that often um so the old folks uh, started complaining to the good ujc's about um the, the the hard seats so they actually uh had a big drive in town to they basically guilt these the, the elderly community members to donate their money to put cushions on all the seats well <laughs> and so now they call them the kyle honicky commemoratory uh soft seats commemoratory. 
sign anybody that donated they got their name above the old main entrance in the in the gymnasium so basically the most comfortable seats to watch a wrestling match you can come across in a high school gym it is it's really nice we, i've never been to a concert there um but but uh it's it, there's a distance there's a distance <laughs> to the stage but it's for any other sport it is I, it's second to none so and we so to our listeners, if you see Kyle Hunnicky or no Kyle Hunnicky, don't be afraid to shoot him a text and say, "Hey, thanks a lot for um, helping bring in these soft seats." Right? Yeah, he is. He's a pioneer. He's a pioneer. Oh man, yes. that is awesome. I did. I did talk to Kyle a little bit. I didn't get a chance to chat with Logan on um, on Saturday, but gosh, it is it is cool what they're doing uh, with their podcast and. Um, God, it was good to see those guys. Uh, uh, Logan really fired off. He, he's such a great speaker and, and, and started the tournament off with style. And, and you could just see the excitement among the whole, all the participants, the kids, uh, the dads, uh, everybody was was there having a good time. That, hey, that's freaking awesome to hear. And um, we should probably get rolling, Brandon. But I would like, to, if you could share that, you know, what did, you know, during Logan's spiel before the tournament started where he mentioned if, you know, if wrestling was easy or something along the lines, how did that? Yeah, yeah, I got a kick out of that. And here's a big shout out to those guys. Uh, Logan, he, he gave a great a great speech about the Memorial Tournament and he kind of, he focused his energy towards the young wrestlers and he just told them, guys, this sport's hard and it takes a lot of work and it takes it takes a lot of dedication blood sweat um and 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 it, it just it's it's nothing there's nothing that compares to wrestling and it's an extremely tough sport and if it was if it was not a tough sport we would we would probably just be calling it basketball <laughs> and it was it was just uh, and I, I i'm not a i'm not a public speaker but the way logan dropped that it was it was just <laughs> perfect and um and then immediately after logan said that I heard Kyle cup his hands and yell cow catcher. <laughs> so I don't know where that was going. It must be a good you thing. It, must be, yeah. <laughs> it would make perfect sense for it to be a good you thing. It would. It oh. would. Oh man. All right guys, I, I hear I hear some steps coming down these basement stairs, so I'm gonna continue to hide and finish <laughs> up this grain belt premium in the the orange can. Perfect. Um, well Hey, we can't thank you enough for uh, for being a, a remote guest on the Alan Josh show, and uh, you know, we'll... yeah, one of us selects you. We may lean on you again. Yeah, you bet for sure. And uh, good luck to all those wrestlers out there that are listening, and good luck to all those coaches out there, and and uh, greatest sport on the planet. You... Um, it's it's uh, it's a total joy. Yeah, you bet. Thanks a lot, Brandon. Appreciate it. Yep. See you guys. See ya. Bye. Well, so Al, you've never met Brandon Lundy. Not in person. I uh, feel like I know the guy, though. Yeah. I feel like I need to meet him and maybe hang out with him for a bit. Oh yeah, he is. Um, he is definitely entertaining. Like uh, I, I felt bad interrupting him right off the get go, but I wasn't sure what he was going to tell us. I think that was maybe a good. That was a veteran move there as yeah. a as a host. You saved. Um, you know, our we're down a few. Uh, a couple of head count in our editing squad uh, recently. So 
we probably saved that department some work by um, cutting cutting him off and just making sure he knew that uh, he was being recorded at the time. Yeah, like because that that um, I think was important. To, yeah, you to never share. know. You never know. Well, and it's it's kind of fun because as he's you know he's got a what do you say Braxton's a first grader and he's he's just starting down the road of youth wrestling. How fun is that? Like I I remember those days well and. Um, yeah, all sorts of, especially the first one, right? There's a bunch of heartbreak. Oh, There's yeah. A, uh, you watch your poor kid cry, and he's clearly choking, even though he can scream, I'm choking, right? Like yeah. it's, But there's all sorts of, of emotions and fun and good and bad, but what a bonding experience that is, right, with your kids, oh. being able to be in their corner and, and coach them and kind of go through some tough times and some fun times. So that's awesome. And I love that he talked about Braxton was barking at second place, right? Yeah. Totally cool with it. He wasn't, he he wasn't over the top like he should have this. He could have that. Like, yeah, sounds like a, a good time there. Yeah, and that um, I don't I don't think he was too I don't think he was too harsh on Kyle, right? Just no, his, it sounded like uh, sounded Kyle really helped propel that fundraising efforts in Goodhue for the to help you know the Goodhue soft seats, right? And it was only twelve and a half percent of the of the cow catcher calls for Kyle. So yeah, I mean, really, that's not bad. <laughs> how about when? How about when he pinned himself in the destroyer? In the destroyer, like. So I got a question for you. Did he? He said he pinned other guys fifty three times, and the fifty fourth did. Did his fifty four <laughs> pins include one on himself in the destroyer? Well, I did. I, 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 I kind of lost track of that. I don't know how you. Well, that's what he said, but I, I don't be, think so. You can't count his career win or career pins. As, no, you know, one of he can't give himself credit for a pin. It depends on if that's like an official ZM record or if that's just like what he remember or what you know his. His record keeping. Uh, and I'll tell you what, he is not joking because he's told me that story many times about when he pinned himself. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, is, is his dad still around? Oh, yeah. Yep, I, he was I, at the tournament. I feel like I w- wouldn't mind hanging out near his dad for a, an afternoon or an hour as well. We might have to, maybe next time we get together, if we if we go down youth wrestling a little bit, we can ask Brandon about what his dad said to him and Braxton after... He took third in the tournament. That's a great you know, question. Because he was on the bubble. He was like, he was, that second place match was really close. Sure. And things didn't go go his way, but I'll, we'll save that for, for the yeah. next episode, maybe. We'll follow up with that one. Um, uh, hey, not quite youth, right? But um, I saw Ninth Grade State, the uh, MNGWL, right? Team States this weekend, I think. Got 24 teams getting together in, in Mora this Saturday. Oh, they're, they're in Mora? Yeah. Oh, nice! I, I believe so. I think okay. that's what I saw. Yeah, that very well could be that. Um, because that that tournament used to be at Hastings, right? Right. When we used to yeah, which that. was pretty handy for us down here. Um, a yeah. little shorter drive than Mora. Yeah, Mora. Mora's probably like more handy for everyone who doesn't live twenty minutes from Hastings. <laughs> so, right. I guess Mora's a little more central. Yeah, that's, and that's a that's a great tournament, man. And I'll be honest, yeah, I don't have a bunch of information on that, but I just saw that as I was looking through some stuff earlier today, and I know we're big MNGWL fans, and yeah. so I thought we'd give a quick shout out. Uh, good luck to all those teams up there duking it out and more this weekend. Yeah, great tournament. Good luck to them seventh, eighth, and ninth graders that are competing in that, and yeah, always always fun. All right. Hey, I got one a little bit. You know, as we we're kind of talking high school here last week. So, you know, there's, there's no secret, like we don't, I mean, 
a lot of... Oh, there uh, are secrets, Josh. There are, but a, a lot of my research comes <laughs> from events that I'm able to attend okay. that align with the schedule of that my wife puts on my phone through a shared calendar. and um, Which, by the way, thank you, Jolie, because without that schedule, he would be probably lost. Oh, not probably. I would definitely be lost. Well, so last week, we were last Thursday, we had a... My kids' wrestling team had a try at Tartan High School with Tartan and South St. Paul. Okay. And, you know, I'm always looking for things to try and remember or jot down and share on the show that I think are of, of interest. Or, yeah. Well, here I was talking to Eric Strauch, our man, our track wrestling aficionado. Right. And um, he was on site uh, helping out with a couple things, and we got we were BSing and I don't know, we probably talked for like 20 minutes before wrestling got started, and the national anthem came on. You know, yeah. a song that we hear a thousand times a year, love it every time, right? So we stopped We stopped chatting about what we were talking about at the time and took our hats off, and before the national anthem started, I want to give, I want to give the Tartan High School wrestling team a little shout-out here because they were, they were maybe, in the, maybe in the locker room or, or whatever it was, it was on the far side of the gym, so I couldn't see exactly. Maybe even it was just a hallway, the okay. doorway to another hallway. I'm not sure. I felt like it was the locker room, though. They, someone, someone, one of the wrestlers had come out of the door. He had heard the national anthem was getting ready to play. He poked his head back in the door, said something to his teammates, and as far as I could tell, the entire Tartan High School wrestling team came out of their locker room. For the national anthem. Nice. Yeah, and they so they weren't wrestling the first duel. Right. They were probably back there, maybe doing a little. Uh, maybe they'd already warmed up after a weigh-in or something, and kind of chilling out, relaxing. But um, yeah, you look, I'm a huge fan of national oh, anthem. Yeah. I, I don't know how anybody could not be, but um, ever since I was little, that's something my dad instilled in me. When the national anthem plays, you take any any hat off and you stand at attention and, and you and, you know I've I've caught people like in the hallway at a youth wrestling tournament, not in the gym, in front of the concession stand, and all of a sudden I'll just stop, take my hat off, and and stand there. Right? It's like we're not hurting anything by pausing our lives for a minute for this. Yeah. So big shout out to the Tartan wrestling team. I'm a fan of that for sure. Yeah. They they maybe were maybe in their wrestling room or whatever, but they. They came out of wherever they were, and they made it a point to be present for the national anthem, and then went back about their business afterwards. So I thought that was pretty cool because yeah, they, nice. they clearly went out of their way to do that. They were not just in the gym with everyone else. Right. So that was really cool. Um, what else do we got? The okay, going from there. I wanted, like I say, I wanted to give them a shout. I wanted to throw that in because I didn't want to forget it. I'm going to be honest, Josh, your attention span is not much better than mine. No. And so if you think about something, we normally just make sure we blurt it out quickly before we forget. Yeah, we have Otherwise, to. Otherwise, we shut this sucker down. And we're like, hey, did we talk about this? Do you remember that? My notes said whatever. Yeah, so, I wanted yeah. to mention this. That's how we roll. Um, do you want to talk about, well, do, do the Vikings have a playoff game this weekend? What the... What are you talking about? Minnesota right now? Vikings. No, this is not a football NFL. podcast. This it's is not professional football. No, no one even watches football, Al. What? Um, because I thought of the Vikings because they've got a real. They do. U.S. Bank Stadium's nice, right? Beautiful. We almost had a national wrestling tournament there. I hope we do someday. Um, 
the people who, who built that stadium, I think it was the same people that built the stadium down in Dallas, AT&T Stadium, the Dallas Cowboys play in. Yeah. Do you know what football team has won the most um, playoff games in AT&T Stadium in their history, Josh? It's home of the Cowboys, so yeah. I'm gonna say the Dallas Cowboys. Al, that would that's a great guess. They're second. They're second. Yeah, they won two. The the Green Bay Packers have actually won three there. What does this have to do with wrestling? I, I mean, watch this. I mean, remember that random thought? Oh, bring it up. Jeez, yeah, that was a random thought. <laughs> my the, the, the Green Bay Packers have more playoff wins in the Cowboys' home stadium than they do. Well, then I feel bad for the Cowboys. Yeah, and you should. Yeah, they. You should. That's embarrassing. All right. Um, all right. I Do you want to talk? You want to go into high school? You want to talk? We got a little bit of college stuff has happened, right? There's a little college wrestling this weekend. You know what? I could, let's start there. I'm do done that? With that. You, yeah. Like, I'd love to hear um, your thoughts. Maybe even we could talk Nebraska, Iowa. Yeah. Well, Iowa first. Gophers. For sure, right? The first thing I want to mention um, for the first time that I can remember, at least at this point in the season, South Dakota State uh, moved in the top ten. Oh yeah, yeah. So they had a, they had a nice win, a uh, nice weekend at Virginia Duels, right? They beat Kent State fifty to nothing or something like that. But then they beat number sixteen Navy thirty to thirteen. So um, South Dakota State wrestling really well right now. Uh, congrats to Coach Han and the Jackrabbits in making that top ten. That's a nice little you know. There's all these little mini hurdles that you think about and. Cracking that top ten's a nice one. Oh, very nice. Yeah, congrats to them guys for sure. Yeah. Um, as far as rankings go, before we move on to that other stuff, I thought I'd mention a, a team we may or may not talk about more in the next couple of years. Josh, the Augustana Vikings. Oh yeah. I'm they're uh, you know they're they're an interesting team, right? Because um, they're a great example. They're ranked twelfth in the country individually, fourth as a duel. So in college, they have two separate sets of rankings. Um, a dual team ranking, an individual tournament ranking. And uh, we talked about what a great uh, national duels they had. Um, but, yeah, they're ranked fourth in the country in duels. And they've got nine of their ten uh, kids are ranked. Jackson Roman, right? Red Bull ranked number three, down at 125, up, up a little bigger. Cade uh, Mueller's ranked fourth in the country, yeah, 184. Um, so yeah, they're, they continue to have uh, a nice season, but I thought it was interesting, the disparity in the rankings and, you know, you need to do some homework, Josh, and get, um, maybe to, to look into the history of like dual tournament versus individual and that sort of thing. Yeah. I think that's a Minnesota. It's funny. You talk about the dual rankings and the individual rankings. Minnesota's kind of always been dual crazy. Yeah. Like we love Minnesota wrestling fans love duels. Which, you know, I think most wrestling fans want to love duels, but but Minnesota is one of the states that actually embrace it. Like, some just complain oh, about it. But the, most of college wrestling complains about duels. Yeah. Right? In, in Division One because they don't go to the national duel. So they don't have a national duel tournament winner. D2, D3, um, Juco, they get it. Right? Minnesota, we get it. Get it. Totally yeah. get it. And I can't tell you how many wrestling parents... And fans, I know that we can chat, you know, via text message or, gr- or group messaging and talk about an upcoming duel and how knowledgeable a lot of wrestling parents are about the way the, du- the duel could break out. You know, oh, the way no could, doubt, they right? They break it down and, and matchups and this and that. And Minnesota is so, so, I don't want to say 
so much better than so many other states at. Well, they're way more practiced at it. Oh yeah, like been doing a long time. Yeah, duels they they always hold a special place in in Minnesota wrestling fans' hearts. And yeah, maybe I will do a little deep dive. Yeah, dig into that because you know why. We, we oh. talked about Iowa, um, maybe even while we were podcasting, like just four or five years ago or so, Iowa had a, a dual tournament where teams wrestled a bunch of JV guys and forfeited weights because it was during the same week as their, or it was maybe before their individual tournament. And they they didn't want to quote unquote waste the kids or risk things. And so they, they literally would qualify for the state tournament as a team and then not not even try to win. So and crazy. that's changing a little bit now, I think, or maybe quite a bit from that. But Minnesota's never been like that since I've been here. No. Like they love duels, man. Yeah, that's what – that's. there's a lot of Minnesota kids on that Augustana team. Duels so are fun. Duels are – oh, man. No surprise that the first um, giant national-level duel tournament ever started in Minnesota, right? The Clash National Duels. Oh, you know what? So now – I agree with you, but Jason Bryan... Virginia Duels has been around for a long time, but it's not the same. I, I, I actually I don't know agree, that it I, is. I can agree with that. I mean, JB is probably listening going to correct me with a bunch of statistics about how they've got more nationally ranked teams and always have, but but if he's not listening, nobody else will know, Josh, so yeah. I'm going to pretend. <laughs> I love it. Good so idea. it's maybe the... So Virginia Virginia Duels and The Clash. He certainly... Everybody would acknowledge, I think, those are like the two early big ones. And now there's more and more and more. But yeah. no surprise that um, Minnesota, at least in the Midwest, and, and give or take Virginia Duels, came up with a giant tournament that was drawn nationally ranked teams from all the country. Drawn Brandon, Florida, coming here because they want to crack at Apple Valley. You know, like, yeah, duels big are, deal. Duels are fun, man. Yes, they are. They are. Speaking of duels, and since we're talking college, I'm going to throw this one out here just a little bit, Al. Be, uh, if you, obviously, were both huge fans of the guillotine, the paper and the website. Yes. It's Minnesota's amateur wrestling news magazine. The I was always, every once in a while, I, I scroll back through. It's kind of nice if you've got a digital subscription. You can look through some archived... Um, archive papers oh it, nice you know, and so just for the heck of it on my lunch break today i was got done eating early and i thought i would look you know 10 years ago today and see what was in you know what was in the guillotine on the digital issue you know what what a good habit that is and in fact maybe maybe b she could should think about like occasionally not every day necessarily but you know how they do today in sports or today in politics or whatever like he could do like look at last you know five ten fifteen years ago and maybe post some interesting stuff because you found a couple dandies. Oh man, it just ties into this dual stuff just perfectly, and it was even it's even better because you were at the duel. Oh boy, you mentioned the duel and I immediately told you like some of the most exciting things. It yeah. was and it was ten years ago. Ten years ago. And Josh, look, everybody that's listened to us for four near four years knows that. My memory's starting to fail as an elderly gentleman, but I remember bits and pieces of that like it was last night. It was awesome. So there's an there was an ad in that, uh, like a, a a decent size ad in that guillotine that you know upcoming was the uh, the Gophers were hosting Penn State. Penn State was ranked number one at the time. They were hoping they were hosting them in a, a Big Ten duel at the at the Pavilion, and 
that, that duel, they didn't wrestle until February, but the, at the time, the Gophers were ranked number two, Penn State was number one. Al, why don't you share with us the score of that duel? Do you remember that? You know what? I Well, I remember this. I, I don't remember the exact score. I remember watching Dylan Ness pin, uh, I think it was Alton, in a Gator Bacon um, late in the match, and the Gophers won by less than three points. Like him, a decision, maybe if he wins by decision, they lose that duel, and he ended up pinning him, and they win that duel. I realize there's nine other matches, but... It was bonkers. Well, here's what here's what my notes say. Number eight, Dylan Ness had the crowd on its feet after an electrifying victory at 157 pounds against number four, Dylan Alton of Penn State, by fall at five minutes and 23 seconds. Oh, yeah. The Gophers went into the intermission leading 12 to 7. So 5.22, Josh. That was a three-minute, two-minute. So that's 22 seconds in the third period. Yeah. What position do you think Dylan Ness started? He pinned a guy. Remember, he pinned the number four guy in the country at 22 seconds into that period. What position do you think he started in? Top, <laughs> neutral, what do you guess? I'm guessing bottom. Heck yes, it was. And he laid over to his hip, and all the parents said, don't let my youth wrestler Good. see this guy, because yep. he goes to his hip and reaches back, and over he goes with a gator bacon. He had a unique skill set. Oh, it that. was incredible. Like, and he was a pinner to begin with, right? He was he always a pinner. Always a right? pinner. He, like... he, but Jason, his big brother, kind of had the half Nelson market cornered, right? So... Dylan's like, well, I can go with something a little funner. Yeah, and it, it, man, they, it's described as electrifying. That's not kidding. Oh, oh it, that is not. Look, that word probably gets overused at times. It was not that day. It was electrifying. It was incredible. Oh, man. They, the Gophers ended up winning that duel 18 to 17. I, <laughs> yeah, nice. it was, it, yeah. Jordan Kingsley, he ended up losing to Nico Megalutis by decision. And Nico was an animal. Absolutely. He was ranked number two at the time. Yeah. Uh, number eight, David Thornton won by decision over number sixteen, Jimmy Goulabon. Chris Dardanes, he um, he was back in the starting lineup at one forty-one, and he fell to number two, Zane Rutherford, seven to three. That name sounds familiar, Josh. Yeah, that's a that's a he, he had a successful, you know, <laughs> still obviously the Dardanes brothers had a very successful college career sure. too. Yep. So did Zane is and Zane's still going strong, right? Right. right. Then at one forty-nine, uh, Nick Dardanes. Got a victory. Um, I don't remember who he won or who he beat. I don't. Um, I know he won. It was like a one point match. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I don't remember. So, you know, like I said, they went into the break. At, they were leading 12 7. And after the half, Danny Zilverberg, Zilverberg lost to a guy by the name of David Taylor. I've heard of him. He's not so bad. Um, Logan Storley came up big for the Gophers as he beat. Matt Brown. Of course he did. <laughs> you remember yes. that? Oh name. my gosh, <laughs> do I ever. Oh, uh, and then Tony Nelson, he was able to win it for the Gophers with a 6 0 decision uh, over against John Gingrich. His victory broke a three ball losing streak for the heavyweight. It's a big win for the Gophers. Yeah. Like, one guy, there's a couple guys we forgot, I forgot to mention in there, and I, it's probably because they. They ended up. Um, I don't know if they if they lost Kevin Steinhaus and and Scott Schiller. They lost the Penn State guys. So well, and uh, Schiller probably had what do you have? Morgan McIntosh or somebody like a big strong sturdy like Schiller yeah. was oh, yeah. a stud too. Yeah, total stud. From, from well, there, look, there was twenty studs on the mat that day. It it was 
That was that was the first time in my you know. That was the first time I was at a duel that I knew quite a few of the guys, and it was a super big, big duel. Like top two, three, four, five in the country, both teams with a bunch of highly ranked guys and a bunch of absolute hammers, and it was it was super fun. It was it was an awesome, awesome event. And that's that's one of the a great example of why. Just as we talk about duels, how much fun they can be. And what a better place to go watch one than the oh, pavilion, man. you know, and, and it was. sold out crowd. And I, I almost said it was electric. You yeah. already said that, though, so yeah. I won't. So it, but it's here's one of those reasons it's important to bring your youth wrestlers to these type of events. Oh no, high doubt. school wrestlers to these type of events. And look, know. let's be honest. Half the you can find two three events a year that are free. Like yeah. you know, you got to register. Uh, you just have to register with the with the Gopher Wrestling Club or whatever. But they're not expensive. It's easy to get to, um, and yeah, that that was a fun one. Yeah, I does. think that my wife kind of got hooked on college wrestling then too. It's funny how that works, it, right? Know, that's the dual effect, right? It just is there, and it's, when people start to understand bonus points and how how know, big oh certain matches are, right? You watch a guy, um, you know, you maybe look at Jordan who gets decision by Megalutus, and maybe on paper going in the duel, Penn State's thinking they can bonus there, right? But Jordan doesn't get bonused, and and then the Gophers end up winning by one, and that that's a big deal. Huge deal. That is. Sorry if I went on a little bit of a tangent there, but it was it's just, actually it's actually our show. You can do that. Yeah, heck yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So back to so that was ten years ago. Um, Kale Sanderson's been at Penn State for roughly fourteen-ish years, I think. Okay. So it's and that, that holds a soft spot in my heart. Is winning that duel, beating beating Kale. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, it doesn't happen all that often. No, no, heck no. That is, um, let's go on to some more modern stuff. Sorry, all right. Get... You want to stick with college for a minute? Yeah. Let's you... just talk a couple duels. Like, uh, look, Josh, you are not going to like uh, my next two topics. Um, we're not going to dwell on either one for a long time. Okay. They're both about the Hawkeyes. Oh, geez. Well, I shouldn't say about. They involve. So uh, the Huskers wrestled the Hawkeyes, right? A big Big Nebraska fan, um, got some a nice pipeline of, of Minnesota kids going there. Um, the Huskers wrestled the Hawkeyes. I really felt going in, they had a shot to win that duel. It was going to need to have a couple things go right. Um, and they, they had some big wins. You know, they had a, a great big win at 133 pounds. Kid named Jacob Van D beat uh, Brody Teske. Yeah, huge, huge win. Iowa, their 125 pounder is just really starting to annoy me. Um, okay, he's, Drake Ayala. Is this because he has so many offensive attacks during a match? Well, he he's got a super high attack rate, um, which is frustrating. Oh, no, I guess really because old. he actually converts on quite a few of them. It's um, almost sickening. Well, look, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't like him watching beating Huskers. I don't like uh, watching him beat my man Pat McKee. Um, which I've unfortunately had to watch a couple times this year. So, yeah, not a giant fan. Did he have? Did he wrestle in in a club in high school? He did. Where was that? It's in Iowa. Okay. Around the Mason City area. Okay. <laughs> 
Seabolt? Well, yes. He okay, was he was a Seabolt kid? Yeah, yeah, he was a Seabolt kid. Yeah. Not a giant. Like, just in the um, good-natured, competitive spirit, not a big Seabolt fan, right? Because the club I cheer for more often than not dukes it out with him quite a bit on the big stage. Yeah, or very much so. So they actually probably cheered against Drake for quite a few years. I don't know. Yeah. Um, anywho... We got to 157, right? We had two of the top guys in the country. Uh, P. Rob from Owatonna had Jared Franick, formerly of Fargo West High School or something, formerly of NDSU, uh, now an Iowa Hawkeye. Um, These guys have wrestled many times. They've wrestled a lot. And I mentioned um, his high school, Franick's high school, because I think they wrestled at the Christmas tournament and maybe before that. They did. Like Gopher State, you yes. were mentioning. Yeah. Yeah, so years and years they've wrestled. Uh, and they're they're almost always really close matches. Yeah. Um, they've each won matches. It's not like one is is dominant over the other. Um, I'm going to be honest, this this match, so it did, you know, spoiler alert, Frantic won by a point. Um, did, you, did you see that last takedown he had against P-Rob? It, it almost looked like you were watching a, a practice drilling session. P-Rob was pretty flat-footed, probably as flat-footed as you'll ever see P-Rob. Okay. Just just as an asterisk, right, and no excuses ever, right? But like five minutes before that match time, probably like 10 or 12 minutes of clock time or 15, early, early in the match, they, um, they hit heads. Frantic shot a, a hard double leg and P. Rob head and hands defense, and Peyton and Steph where head he hands, lives with Yeah, his it defense. was his it was his eyebrow and hands defense, and he he split his eyebrow open really good, right? So they went over, they taped it up. It's happened a million times, whatever. Um, like like 12, 14 minutes later, that thing's it's got to be throbbing the thump the thump the thump. And I don't care how tough you are, and P. Rob's as tough as they come, clearly. Um, you know, I just, part of me is like, does, does his body let him down block on that last shot? Oh, is that what man, happened? So tender. Cause I saw he got like seven stitches, Josh. Oh yeah. Oh, six, yeah. seven stitches. Like yes. it was, it wasn't, we've all seen people bleed. Like this was a legit cut. Not like, well, we better give him one stitch to have it. There was at least five, probably six or seven stitches on that brow. And that's, that's a tender spot. That's a very tender. You probably do not want to down block when Right, it, like just you're at some point it hurts too much. Oh, can we agree on on the toughness has to come from mom for Sherry for sure. For yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're good. We're square on that. Right, and, and the good news is that it wasn't it it wasn't just Peyton. Kale got some toughness too. Yeah, his his little brother over at UNK. So yeah, luckily Carrie was dominant in that relationship. I think with the kids. Thank goodness. Right. <laughs> oh boy. So, but it was a good match. You know, not surprisingly, it always is. Those two are close, and and um, you know, P. Rob's not panicked about that. The, the Nebraska coaches aren't panicked, and I'm sure Frantic's not like being like, "Oh, I beat him. It's all over now." Right? They know it's going to be a, a battle every time. Oh. Guaranteed. So, uh, in, in that duel, um, like I say, I felt like the Huskers had a chance to win. It got to be, you know, back and forth a little bit here and there. And then it got to be 197, and the Huskers needed to win 97 in heavyweight. And um, they had uh, a giant football player waiting in the wings at heavyweight. 
And then they rolled out last year's Big Ten champ, Silas Allred, at, at 97, right? So he's got to come out and win against uh, Zach Glazier from Albert Lee. Zach uh, proceeds to major Silas Allred. Yeah, last year's – In a spot where all he needed – Yeah, Silas won the Big Ten last year. And all Zach needed to do was win the match to, to, to lock up the duel for Iowa, and he put a major on Allred. Pretty impressive. Yeah, that was – it almost looks like he was wrestling – and we watched him wrestle the Gophers duel too. It almost looks like he was wrestling with less burden – Totally agree. Yeah, so we'll we'll cut to the chase right now. We're going to talk about the Gophers and Hawkeyes, but we'll jump to 197 just because. Um, they wrestled like, I think Glacier and Joel's wrestled like maybe a one-point match at the Soldier's Salute. Yeah. Very competitive. Joel's a great big dude. Wrestled heavyweight, right? He's national qualifier at heavyweight. Yes, He's he a big guy. And Zach is a is a a full size solid 97 with low attacks and not afraid to duke it out. The difference between the soldier salute and now with Zach Glacier, um, it, it, it's pretty apparent. Like he still looks the same. Like when he walks off the mat, he still looks like he just got done with a, a reasonably hard practice business. As Even usual, though he's right? like, Josh, he's locked. He's had four dual clinching wins for them this year. And this is a team that lost, right? They, Gosh, I even hate to get – they lost 40% of their starting lineup to the gambling fiasco down there. And they're still beating teams like our Huskers and our Gophers. Yeah, they're competitive. I, I hate dislike to, it. I hate to talk about them in a favorable way, but the Minnesota kids that are on their team are doing so well. Yes, they are. And and like I say, Glazier's locked up four duels this year. <clears throat> the the Huskers was a third and the Gophers was a fourth. And he – you know, he just take care of business. He's – Glacier, would you knock it off against the Huskers and the Gophers? Take care of business against Iowa State, right? Penn State, and maybe go wrestle you and I or something. Yeah, leave out. So let's let's just touch quick. So Huskers fall to the to the Gophers, or Huskers fall to the Hawkeyes in that duel, and then the Hawkeyes turn around and wrestle the Gophers uh, down at Carver Hawkeye. Yeah, Um, a couple of our our Gophers first time down there. Um, but I'll tell you what, um, the Gophers wrestled well. They, they go before that duel started, there was essentially one at 184, the Gophers were prohibitive favorites. Um, yep. right. Isaiah Salazar, highly ranked top 10 in the country. He's got unranked, uh, most likely Aiden Riggins, super tough kid, but unranked like Salazar certainly predicted to win outside of that, you know, on paper, um, not a whole lot of uh, of Gopher wins. We've we've talked about Ayala and McKee, and Ayala came back and beat Pat at the Soldier Salute. That's the way that duel is going to start. Um, a little bit similar this time, um, but but even after that match, it felt like the Gophers had a chance to win this duel, and they did. Out at 133, Tyler Wells came out. He ended up so the. The Hawkeyes rolled out Cale Peterson. Um, you know, their normal starter has been uh, Brody Teske, and the Huskers put a put a, a loss on Teske, and Teske took the day off. So Wells ended up wrestling Cale Peterson, which you've watched that match before, Josh. Oh, man, we've seen that many, many times. Northern Plains, I, countless times in Northern Plains and Tulsa, 
And actually, just a quick rewind to years ago at Tulsa. I think they met up in the semifinals one year. Okay. And you mentioned it earlier. Cale uh, Peterson wrestled for Seabolt, and Tyler Wells wrestled for Pinnacle. And like I would call it, thirty seconds into the match, the you know, Cale Peterson literally just closed fist punched Tyler Wells in the face. Oh really? Didn't didn't swing? Didn't like didn't like wind up and swing either. This is in Oklahoma though, right? Where it's normal to do that sort of. Totally thing? normal. Though. Okay. The ref, yeah. the ref said nothing. Yeah. Why would he? Like I should go back. There's I no could, tear gas needed for that. There was. I mean, literally, Kale Peterson just went <laughs> boom, punched Wells straight in the face, and Paulson and Lawrence were in Wells' corner, and they're like, "What is? Like, hang on a second. You know, so this was like 12U age, something like that, and. That was a that was not a setup I was familiar with it was, at the time. Was, <laughs> I, <laughs> and I mean, he, I, I don't even know if you, you can't call it a setup because he attempted no offensive. He didn't attack. shoot after he, that. He, he just was, waited to see if he uh, if his eyes watered or not. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so watching Wells beat him because they've gone back and forth. You know, they they, they probably are whatever 50-50. Call it right, each other, roughly. Right? Um, I know Wells always seemed to get the better of him in freestyle, and then you know. Peterson maybe got the better of Wells in folk style, but uh, yeah, it was fun fun to watch Wells win that match. Yeah, and again for the duel, right? If um, if the Hawkeyes roll out a backup at Carver Hawkeye and win that match after they beat Patty at at twenty five, and all of a sudden they're rolling, the fans are getting into it, getting rowdy, all that. So Wells locks it up at three. Um, Couple matches later, we talked about Jared Franick having that win over P. Rob, uh, Michael Blockus, who a year ago was fighting MMA and decided to come back to college wrestling, um, ended up beating Jared Franick with a late takedown. Um, so kind of good for the goose, good for the gander. Yeah, um, it was, you know, kind of the poise showed by Blockus was really impressive. Not that he's ever been a flustered kid. But, um, yeah, he, he is a dangerous dude. That was a fun win. Man. That was, you know, how, it had to be fun for Blockus, right? Oh, my Being gosh. from Cresco, Iowa. Right? Yeah, he was back home. Um, in fact, before the duel, before that match started, maybe, I can't remember if it was doing warm-ups or, anyway, one of the, I think one of the IA wrestle guys, like, took a picture of Blockus. He was a UNI guy. He yep. was a Panther. Took a picture of him and said, hey, block us back in the house. Well, they're thinking, you know, hey, is, we're going to beat up on him with our guy from North Dakota State that we hired. And uh, <laughs> we're going to beat up on the gopher so we can tweet this. And then Blockus comes in and put a beat down. Well, I didn't put a beat down. He gave a loss to Frantic, though. It was an impressive match. Beautiful late takedown to, yeah. to Seela. That was very fun to watch. Um We've talked a little bit, you know, 65, Michael Calando, another gun for hire from North Dakota State. Um, <laughs> one for the Hawkeyes. But then where's that put our man Patrick Kennedy, right? Yeah. Uh, the Cass of Manorville guy, 65-pounder. Um, he did not. It turns out he did not uh, pack up shop and, and call it quits in college. He decided, I'll just go up a weight class. Why wouldn't Why he? wouldn't I? Why I can eat more than before. It's way funner. So PK goes up and actually got the only bonus of the whole night. I'll tell you right now, you wrestle 10 matches and nine are regular decisions. That's a duel that's fun to watch. You know, we, we talk about, um, you know, momentum and this and that. Momentum happens with 
upsets and bonus points. Oh, big right? time. And there were no bonus points in the stool nine out of ten times. Patrick found a way to get to get bonus at 74 um, and, and looks just fine up at that weight class. And I'll be honest, he's probably going to get stronger as it goes on because it wasn't very much – if he stays up at 74, I assume he looks good enough. That's probably their plan. I think so. Um, to keep Caliendo at 65 and him at 74. But it wasn't very long ago he was making 65. Once his body kind of adjusts to rolling around at whatever weight it is, 174, 180, 182, whatever. He's he's probably going to wrestle even better at 74. So, Patrick, uh, congratulations on being able to eat uh, a little more. (laughs) Not, I I don't know what he was cut. Maybe he wasn't cutting a ton, but um, he looked good for the weight. He looked good. He He looked looked good. He looked really good. Um, After that came, we talked about Salazar being like the one big favorite for the Gophers. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, he was not able to get bonus. He won seven nothing over uh, freshman Aiden Riggins. It's hard to um, bonus when the guy's kid. going backwards the whole time, but it is hard. We... It is hard. Speaking of going backwards, man, during the the Husker Hawkeye duel, I was seeing tweets by people crying about stalling calls. Oh my gosh, gosh. are they, what is wrong with these people? They're so used to being at, at Carver Hawkeye and getting every flip and call. It's unbelievable. <laughs> They get called rightfully so a few times, and they start whining. And then they start lying. They're talking. <laughs> it was like it. It was after P. Rob's match, and they're like, "Hey, guess what? Six calls against Iowa stalling, none against Nebraska." They're like, first off, tell your guys to quit backing up. <laughs> yeah, which was, they were. If they were, you can't tell me Teske wasn't stalling. You can't tell me Real Woods wasn't backing up against Brock Hardy. Whatever the case was, P. Rob got called for stalling. Like. Like before this tweet happened, he said six zero. That's just a flat out lie. <laughs> Not even true. It's made even up. if it's misleading, it's it's wrong. It's, it's fabricated. It's completely fabricated. But you go down to go down to Carver Hawkeye, right, and get kind of the hometown refs, and and you got to count on a point and a half for the Hawkeyes, right? Minimum. So um, anyway, Salzar won seven nothing. It's Riggins. Um, and then next up, not surprisingly, Zach Glacier clinched his fourth straight duel for the, I don't know if it's fourth straight, but fourth this year. Yeah. Um, needed to win to clinch and did and looked really good. Joel's didn't look bad. Zach just looked super good. Uh, he's wrestling free right now and he's going to be a problem. Well, and I, you know, I don't know if some of our listeners maybe haven't followed the, the Ferrari circus fiasco fiasco whatever you want to call it is sounds like ferraris are i mean i'm i'm fully expect aj ferrari to take an olympic red shirt this year who knows where he's going to end up next year but he's still got three years of eligibility left believe it or not and because he's qualified for an olympic red shirt right as as an ncaa champ he is qualified yeah so he's gonna he'll take that red shirt and then well he's kind of got to if if no team will take him and i'll be honest right now i don't know who's going to my understanding is that he made some phone calls to athletic directors, and he is still unemployed. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who's gonna jump on the Ferrari bandwagon. But that little, that little, you know, thing that could happen, right? Hanging over Zach's shoulder, like, you know, I'm doing everything you're asking me to. I've made weight. I've wrestled here forever. I'm working hard. I'm winning matches and. And, and, like, there's still this Ferrari thing. Like, what if he, AJ comes in and takes my spot, you know? Um, 
Well, first off, I know AJ won in, in overtime or whatever, but Zach is right there. It's not like they're. It's not like he's some sort of big downgrade from AJ. Oh. And I would say he's a he's an upgrade in many ways, guaranteed. But even on the mat, like like literally just wrestling. And yeah. I'll bet if they wrestle again, Zach beats him by three. It was that first time that he felt him in competition. I had to deal with drop to a knee and back drop up. Drop to a knee, back up, back up, back up. On one, backing up on a knee, it's it's hard to hit. You know, Zach's it not is. afraid. Zach will attack below the knee. For sure. And at 197, that can be... Devastating, yeah. Yeah, and when, when the guy drops to a knee and is backing away, it makes it really hard. So, yeah. Yeah, so... So he's wrestling even more free than he was before. He's looking great. Yeah. Um, that's good to see. So heavyweight, I don't really want to talk about heavyweight. I don't either. That's actually I got a couple of text messages that because Ben Cheater ended up wrestling. Is that how you pronounce it? I, I think so. Yeah, he I ended up so. wrestling uh, the bull moose, right? And um, and it went Iowa's way. It did. It did. And that one, I don't really want to talk about that one either. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know. It's I mean, I was on. hoping it was going to be for the duel. And then that didn't happen. And then I was still hoping for um, a nice little beatdown out, out of Bennett, and that also didn't happen. So we're just gonna we're gonna move on to the next topic. And it was a it was a close match for sure. Yeah, like say that's by no means. Look, Keeter's a freak athlete. He is like he he is he was. I don't think he lost in high school. He was four time state champion. I don't think he lost. Right. And he's a, a good football player and. You know, his, his dad has a giant belly, so he's got a powerlifting background, I'm sure. And um, <laughs> a shot at me? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I thought the camera people could have taken a different angle at Ben's dad when they showed him jumping up and down for his his match. Yeah, come on! I didn't yeah, think it was flattering. at the Big Ten. What the heck? Right? That's like, like the, oh. and that is not Ben's dad's fault. Like, I I will not criticize someone's belly size. I just think that. It should not be a low angle. Well, and they show me jumping in the stands. I'll tell you what, Bennett Tabor is also a freak athlete. He we is. We talked about him before. He is. And, and a little bit of he about him being a freak athlete. Don't sleep on him as as the season progresses here. And oh no, no, no. That that look, that match is super winnable. Oh, yeah. And um yeah, for sure. Yep. It'll be interesting to see. So this Friday night, the Huskers come to town they're gonna to wrestle the gophers mm. past your bedtime it's late at night what time i wish i could remember for sure <laughs> it felt like it might be nine o'clock like it's super late oh really it's super late it's at least i'll look but it's like eight nine o'clock at night and i'm like are you sure that's not like a, like a eastern time eastern sort of Pacific thing east coast or... whatever um, but I think it's nine. Anyway, they, they wrestle Friday night. You can certainly find that. Look, I, I don't have to look it up and pronounce it in the, in the podcast. If you want to go, which if you don't have anything going on, you should. Should be a great duel. Two top ten teams. Bunch of good matches. Um, I, you can look. I think it's, it's eight, nine o'clock at night. Friday I believe night. you. Uh, I just, hopefully our conversation can be as cordial next week when the, after the Gophers wrestle your your – Huskers. Look, I this year this week it's easy, right? We had a common enemy. Yeah, absolutely. The enemy of my enemy. Yeah. But um yeah, well, we don't do predictions. Maybe you can talk to your your um your homeless friend Teague and see if he has any predictions. 
coming up. He, he probably has no interest, right? There's no Scanis involved to speak of. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a couple individuals, right? right? But not. It's just not enough Wisconsin juice. And you know, I haven't heard Teague talk too much about Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin's wrestling team. You know, that's a, it's conspicuously absent from his um, topic list on a regular basis. Yeah, that is. They got a kind of a goofy thing going on over there. <clears throat> and the University of Wisconsin, that is. Right. Um, okay, so Wisconsin, Nebraska, Friday night. At, no. What, didn't you say Friday? Not Wisconsin. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Nebraska Gophers at Friday night yeah. at 9 o'clock. Yep, at the PAF. At the PAF. Um, I think that's typically a, a bigger night for, um, I think there's plenty of high school wrestling going on. Yeah, for Friday. sure. Yep. So here's where we need the youth parents to step up. It, yeah, good call. Bring your kids to the duel. Yeah. It, it will be, there's Minnesota kids wrestling for the University of Nebraska. Obviously, the Gophers are hosting it. Um, here's what we always did when we brought the kids when they were young at the intermission. What did we do, Al? Well, we gave them ice cream. We gave them money to go get ice cream. Yeah. And then hope they didn't. They won't be able to finish it all. Right. So head on up to the, the sports pavilion for the Gophers duel on Friday night. It's, they're always, always fun. Where? What's next, Al? Well, look, I you know, typical Alan Josh fashion. We're going to touch on this for ten minutes and that for fifteen, and next thing you know, we're well into this sucker. But um, I don't have anything else in my notes, which were extremely detailed, or not, for <coughs> college wrestling. So, um, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, maybe some high school happenings? I know that there was. Um, you know, you did some youth wrestling uh, on Saturday, and I think there was at least some some high school action going on this weekend, right? Yeah, I, I would actually. I'd like to start out with um, the guys that are out there, the the teams and the and the people that are that are doing the work to stream some of their duels, because I really, I've said it before, and I can't I can't stress enough. I really appreciate. Oh, no doubt, being able to come home from a. Uh, Randolph girls basketball game and and turn on YouTube or whatever it is and watch a little bit of high school wrestling from the comfort of my living room. Right. And last week we had, there was a couple good ones. There was, I think I mentioned them last week leading up to it, but we had Scott West versus Watertown Mayor. Huge section um, rival. They're both, you know, they're probably the fi- favorites in their section to meet up in the championship. Right. And it was a another just an awesome duel Back and forth. Um, Watertown was out was without Sully Marks, their 107 pounder, and then Scott West was, was without Leo Sykeman, if I'm pronouncing that right. You know, and he's up around 189. That so that you know they they were each missing a guy, and I think it was a three point duel when it was all said and done. Scott nice. West got, Scott West got the better of Watertown, but I think Watertown felt pretty good about it. And, you know, one of the matches in there that was Caleb Mead at 127 pounds for, for Watertown Mayor. I'm going, was it Caleb Tracy that he beat? And Tracy was, Tracy's ranked in the guillotine. And it was a, you know, that was a nice win for Mead. And then the next night, Watertown Mayor wrestled Hutch. So I watched, when, when Watertown wrestled Scott West, I watched Watertown's stream and listen to their um commentary and those sure. guys do a great job ken tufty he is 
fantastic. If you got a chance to listen to him, Al, he's entertaining nice. and passionate. But then, I love he, it. like he tries to, like he does a good job. And again, we've talked about this before. If it's your stream, be as passionate as you want. Be yeah. as much of a homer. Look, as you there's want. no rules about there's being no... a homer. If you're running the stream, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's it's totally up to you, right? That's your deal. Um, those guys did a. He does a great job of of just running the stream. I thought, you know, and and his partner. I don't. I can't remember his partner's name off the top of my off the top of my head, but. Sorry about that, but they do just... So they were super fun to listen to. And then on the next night, when they wrestled Hutch, the Hutch guys had a stream, and I listened to theirs because, again, they do a... They're, they're entertaining, man. They... You don't... The, Joanne was watching it with me, and she was... She goes, did, did, the, did that guy just swear? And, and I'm like, yes, he did, because one of his wrestlers... Just gave up like a big takedown, and it was at 127 pounds. It was the number two ranked wrestler in the state, Logan Schwanz. Had just given up a takedown to Caleb Mead. And Caleb Mead did another big win for him, beat the number two ranked wrestler in the state that match. Super fun to watch. And, you know, Derek Schwanz and Ryan Hoig do the the play-by-play. Okay. Do a fantastic job. And it was just funny that Julian caught that. Did Did he just swear? And we've all been there. Um, that's why we use a three-second delay in the Alan Josh show. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's <laughs> exactly why we use that, right? But again, go. It's fun to watch. Go back. A great duel. Great uh, play-by-play. Like, just um, appreciate those guys doing that and sharing that with us, just wrestling fans that we're able to watch. And the funny thing is, most of their kids that were involved in those in those duels this weekend, they grew up wrestling together. You know, they were going through, they, they right. traveled the youth circuits together. They went to the same youth wrestling club. They, they started out at, some of them started out at, they started out at No Nonsense Wrestling Club, our man Jake Satzer. Jake, they started yeah. out there together. And many of them are still going there. And they just have a, you know, they got together before the, I want to say before the duel on, what the heck, I'm losing track of my days here. I, before the, the duel on Friday night. So maybe it was, was it Thursday night? Thursday night was the Watertown Scott West, and then Friday was Watertown and Hutch. But the, yeah, they got the parents got together and just hung out a little bit before. So it, it's kind of fun when you can do that. Um, see, Watertown got the better of, of Hutch that night, right, Al? Help me remember here. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Another one, let's see, we're talking high school stuff. I wish my notes were a little more detailed, but they're not. Uh, we got a message from one of our ref sponsors today, Marshall Zutter, right? Um, he helped right. clear up the, the Pequot Lakes Pine River Bacchus mascot just a little bit for us, the road crew. We talked about that the last episode. Well, so it's interesting, right? So we talk about a mascot, and you often think of, um, you know, like a caricature or something that you might have on the wall or a picture or... A Viking, let's say. uh, Yeah, a Viking or a tiger or whatnot. Um, Spartan. But as it turns out, this, this, we talk about this mascot, and what do we got? They're the road crew. 
And that's their mascot? Well, yeah, that's, that is their mascot. And their, their first year, my understanding, if I'm reading this right, their first year going with the co-op when they, when they chose the road crew as their mascot, it was um, they settled on a semi-truck as the mascot due to not having any home matches that first season. Wow. They're on the road, man. I guess that totally makes sense. Yeah, they didn't. And then um, a little bit later on... They but how do you put a... Like, how do you put a road crew... Like, a, you, you don't have a picture... I don't know. Like, how do you have a road crew mascot on the sidelines or on a t-shirt or... Like, how do you draw that up? Well, it's, it's probably not as 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 exciting as other mascots you know you don't have the spartan head but as far as recognizable is there some recognizable thing you could make well they switched to a jackhammer a jackhammer a jackhammer which makes sense with the tournament they host right the jackhammer right yeah they switched it over to a jackhammer and um yeah they started like moving their singlets and their their gear towards you know dressing it with a jackhammer which is pretty sweet now that is not a bad mascot no, I love that. Yeah, like, I don't want to lift a jackhammer. I don't want to have to run a jackhammer. But Pequot Lakes, Pine River, Bacchus, Road Crew. Let's see here. Here's another one. Where else are we going now? Oh, okay. Here's a question I've heard a bunch this year. Moundsview. I, a bunch of people have asked me, <clears throat> where did they come from? Like, you know, did you see this coming? Did you expect this? I think if people have been longtime listeners, they maybe did see it coming. You mentioned them years ago. Well, and we can actually revert back to a 2021 article in the guillotine, March of 2021, written by Brian Jerzak that was titled, The Best is Yet to Come. So just a hair under three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, so I probably was maybe talking about them a little bit before that. Yeah. I would think think just seeing some of those kids compete and it, you know great article fun to go back and read it and they had a bunch of eighth and ninth graders that were wrestling varsity you know kind of taking their lumps but right. competing really well and it's the old if they separate in size oh, right yeah yep. turns out they did turns out they did they really did and mm. Um, something to keep an eye on. I don't know when we'll be able to get together again in Studio 2 here, but a week from tomorrow, one of my favorite wrestling teams will wrestle Moundsview in Moundsview. And are the Spartans in Moundsview? They are. And will this be streamed? Do you know yet? Not my, yet. I believe it will. Yes. I don't know where yet, okay. um, but I'm, I'm told it's going to be streamed. Now, here's a little interesting tidbit about this. Okay. The, now, the Spartans still got a couple matches this week. They have to you know, power the, you know, try and find their way, you know, find a couple wins along the way. And who knows how that's going to go. Because they got Hastings tomorrow night. Hastings is always tough. It's like basically the conference championship. I don't think Simley has any, any desire to, to lose the conference. But it's in Hastings, and Hastings, their fan base is, is huge. And that will be streamed, Al. So if you want to watch the Hastings versus Simley tomorrow night, it's on like Hastings Public TV on YouTube, and there's two guys that do a great, great job of um, doing play-by-play. Kyle Kreiser and Mitch Sheeman, they're their middle school wrestling coaches, and they 
oddly enough, Al, you'd be surprised. They are not as big a homers as you would think they would be. And again, being a homer for your own stream is there's nothing wrong with that. But these guys do. A, we talked about them last year. They do an amazing job, and and I think they do a fair amount of homework, and are, are pretty easy to listen to if you want to watch. And the the, the production value is a, as good as it gets. So you could check that out, Hastings versus Simley tomorrow. So if they weather that storm, if Simley weathers that storm, and then they got Albert Lee on Friday, they got a duel at Elbert, with Albert Lee. They're hosting Albert Lee on Friday. If they are able to weather that storm, they'll wrestle Moundsview next week on a, oh my gosh, I think a 65-match win streak. And... Um, I don't know, maybe you know off the top of your head, so if they're, I think of the 65-match win streak, if they go if they go to Wrestle Moundsview and they got a 65-match win streak, that, that'll put them at like fifth or sixth in state, in the state for the for most the consecutive, consecutive duels. And dual wins, right? Well, they, the, the current fifth-place team has 65 wins, consecutive okay. wins. Any idea who that is? Owatonna. That's a great guess because they're up there. They definitely got a couple. Um, they're a, a couple fantastic guests. Um, they got a couple records in there, but no, um, it's Simley. I was, I w- that was literally was my second guess. Yeah, so from the 2019 up until 2022, they won 65 consecutive dual meets. They lost to Southeast Polk yeah. at the Cheesehead Duels. Wait, I thought, I thought the Chiefs said it was an individual tournament, Josh. It is. Oh, here he goes again. <laughs> it is an individual tournament, but they host the duels for these guys to stretch out and get a little exercise the night before. <laughs> so they lost to Southeast Polk in, in 2022, and then since then they've kind of they started over, and they're really – long story short, I'm sorry. I took the long way to get there. There is a good chance when they wrestle Moundsview at the Moundsview gym a week from tomorrow, they could have a 65-match dual winning streak again. And um, just for my own personal sake, was that Southeast Polk the only loss in that stretch, or did you lose a couple more mixed in before he started fresh? That was the only loss in that in that stretch. So outside of the Cheesehead duels, yeah, um, be well over hundred, well, hundred thirty ish. Yeah, right? like, yeah, and the so but, they, but haven't, they, haven't lost, they haven't lost to a Minnesota team in. 128 duels or whatever. You know what though? I love it. I, I, you got to go find it, right? Go find, go find tough competitions. When we talk about individuals, go find losses for kids. Oh yeah, right. Um, not that you want to ever lose, especially as a team, but go find the the opportunity to lose, right? Find teams that are good enough to beat you. Be Grandview and go wrestle the Cyclones. Right? Yeah, like I... be Brandon, Florida, and 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 come up here. Be, yeah, I love it. So, and Moundsview is probably the favorite, I have to say. So, yeah, they're, I think, you know, they beat us in the Christmas tournament, right? They beat Simley in the Christmas tournament. Now, granted, it's an individual Which tournament. Which was an individual duels, tournament. But it's in their gym. They get a great crowd. Oh, yeah. They get a great crowd. And you don't think they're going to be pumped up for this one? I don't think they will be. <laughs> uh, how about this little They tidbit? do not have a rookie coaching staff either. They don't. Yeah, those guys... Their head coach is Dan Ingerbritson. He's been around for a while. He's an Augsburg grad, right? Yep. And he's got a decent set of assistants on the staff. Reasonable. Yeah, reasonable. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, remember? that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, they, it really is. 
So yeah, Moundsview is looking to give Simley their first in-state loss since 2019. Yeah. Do you remember who the t- the last team to beat to beat them was? Well, I was gonna say STMA, but I don't know. No. Eight, oh, 19. It was 2019. I think it was the last regular season duel of the year. I'll give you a hint. They're from up north. Oh, I, I don't have it. The Perm Yellow Jackets. Was it? The, yes. Perm was tough. Oh, yeah. That team was really good. Really, really good. They had a, and they, they Especially hosted. up top, man. They oh. grow some sturdy kids up there. Yeah. Wow. Those guys, that, that, that was a, that was a special team for sure. And it was in their gym. They were simply made the trip up there and, and Perm beat them. You know, it was, I want to say, dang near double digits. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was the last time they lost to a Minnesota team. So, you know, Moundsview's hoping to stop the streak of dual wins at 65 again. Nice. Simley fans are hoping that doesn't happen. Right. So I don't know if, I honestly, to be honest, I don't know if Simley fans outside of myself <laughs> actually know that. This I know is there's, a, this is a, I'm guessing Harms knows. Harms So there's a handful of uh, coaches, coaches that know, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. But they, like I said, they got to get through Hastings and for Albuquerque sure, yeah. first. But yep. Um, okay, so moving on, you know, maybe we if we get together before next Thursday, we can find uh, we can talk a little bit about a, a link that may be available to watch a stream. Um, how about this, Al? Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the Rick Lee duels. Yes, I think our let's last, do it. I, our last episode, I thought for some reason I thought that tournament had converted to an individual tournament. I was one hundred percent wrong. That's because they've named it the Rickley Invite. Yeah. It is literally the... So it took me a while to find this on, on Track Wrestling because I'm trying to find the Rickley Duels and there's nothing there. And then I finally look and there was... I think it was called the Rickley Invitational. Yeah, it was, either, it, it was. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that, that doesn't sound like a dual tournament to me. But, but that's where it is. Okay, hang on a second. I'm sorry, I got a little distracted here. I just got a text message from Jeremy Mao. Okay. My good friend, who is from Iowa, wised up, moved to Minnesota, and then, I don't know what happened during COVID, he went crazy and moved back to Iowa. But he just literally just sent me a message. Hey, you happen to watch the Minnesota-Iowa duel? Who won? He did not. He did. He... I mean, and we were actually respectful. Super respectful. Like, hey, Mao, when you're listening to this down in, in Spirit Lake, Iowa, you're going to feel kind of bad about sending that text right now. No doubt. That's what... Um, and we expect a minor sponsorship next time we see you in person. He, he understands what that means. Yeah, for sure. When you yeah. say minor, I was thinking more like moderate. Right. You know, moderate. You know. <laughs> Mao's a stud. So, yeah, look at this. Look, he sends me a freaking... Uh, uh, oh wait! Yeah, I just jumped off the mic to look at Josh's phone. Guess what's the picture of? It's some freaking Hawkeye with his left hand raised in a fist, his right hand pointing the ref. Because that's what they all do apparently when it's time to beg for a, a stalling call. Yeah, come on, Mal. Man, that's it. I'm gonna change that to your contact photo on my phone. Yes. Okay, so now that we were, before we were so rudely interrupted, we're talking about the Rickley Duels. And this year they're down to, they, were, they had nine teams. I'm, you know, it's when an we odd were number. There, well, it is an odd number. Like, 
What do you? What do you? I mean, not just mean? mathematically odd, but it's an interesting number yeah, to for, have for a dual term. For a we dual talked term? about it. I'm like, well, you could have, you could do three pools of three, have two two matches right in your little pool, and then you could take your first, second, third place teams in each of the pools to do another pool of three, kind of. Uh, roll them out and get four matches in. But you said it's a two-day tournament. Two-day well, tournament. You know, four matches, that's not a ton for a two-day tournament, so they probably did more than that. Some did and some didn't. Like, I don't I don't know for sure. I'm guessing a lot of it has to do with their schedule. Sure. You know, like, just like we're going to see if they them. they were like, already going to wrestle. So was it around Robin? Kind of. Okay. It was, it was kind of around Robin. Um, I don't know because like, well, let's go through the places. In ninth okay. place was Tracy, um, Tracy Milroy Bellaton, Westbrook Walnut Grove. In eighth place was Three Thief River Falls. Seventh place was Brainerd. Sixth was Frazy. Fifth was United North Central. In fourth place was Piers. Third was Bemidji, the host team. Second place was Staples Motley, and first place was Holdingford. So some teams, I mean, if you could bring that up and. Look on on your trusty computer there, Al, and see. So, you know, some teams wrestled six duels. Some wrestled five. Um, I don't know exactly how they came. Like I said, the only thing I think is they're like we're, we'll see you later in conference a conference match. Let's save it for then, or or else maybe they've already wrestled. Maybe either already wrestled or he- headed on the schedule. Um, but did you say how many times did Tracy wrestle? Well, there I didn't I didn't say I don't know I mean anywhere from five to eight what what did we what is well it'd be eight at the most right with nine yeah teams. If it was if like a true nine really everybody a true nine team round robin uh, yeah so um, hmm. yeah the, I think they wrestled a pile I mean here's. Are you going to go through some kids that had nice weekends? I think so. Because as I I look at the very beginning to steal one one of your many thunders. Yeah. Um, Logan Peterson at 107 pounds went six and zero for Tracy, so they wrestled at least six duels. That's a that's a, a solid weekend for the 107 pounder Logan Peterson from Tracy. Um, one, why don't you kind of keep rolling with your stuff? I'm going to do some digging around in the in the brackets and results. And yeah. see if I can kind of see. See if you can figure out yeah. what I don't know, which is like, I could have done some homework, but um, and we like talk. We like talking about this tournament because we've been there. Yeah, we were able. You know, absolutely. Years ago, we were able to go up there for a couple of years and, and watch it in action. And my well, you mentioned you know the Purim, right? Yeah, Canyon Wanamingo, Purim, Farmington. When they were when those teams were all solid, like it was not. It's still super tough, but like it's been a tough tournament for a long time. Well, and it's a fun tournament for guys like us that aren't, you know, we're we're a long ways from there, but to get a feel for for to see these wrestlers and and some of their records and and how they, if you go if you go into a dual tournament and you can finish if you can finish six and zero, that that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, so we we're talking one oh seven. Besides Logan Peterson, let's talk. Maybe I'll just mention guys that, that had at least four wins on the weekend because we don't really know for sure how the how the the format worked. Um, at 107 pounds from Staples Motley, Gage Birga, he went 4-0. and 
Casey, Casey Knettel of Holdingford went 4 and 2 at 114. Kyle Stangle of Piers went 5 and 0. Oh. Caden Kramer of Staples Motley went 5 and 0. Oh. And Casey Cisneros of Bemidji went 4 and 2. At 121 pounds, Wyatt Polarski of Holdingford went 6 and 0. Oh. Elijah Greenwald of Staples, Staples Motley went 5 and 0. Oh. Jackson Burhow of Brainerd went 5 and 1. And Liam Hamm of Frazee went 4 and 2. At 127 pounds, Aaron Lake of United North Central went 5-0. Wyatt Nowitzki of Holdingford was 5-1. David Shaw of Tracy went 6-2. At 133 pounds, Brody Castingway from Bemidji went 6-0. Turner, which looks like Biachi of Staples, went 4-1, but I'm guessing I'm pronouncing that wrong. Maybe it's Beachy. Creed Cole of United North Central went 4-1. David Shu went of Tracy went six and two. Okay, there we go. So it, unless I, I could be wrong, Al, but right there, a Tracy kid six and two. Right? Um, so then Gabriel Morin of Bemidji went four and two. At 139 pounds, Nick Strand of Bemidji went six and oh. Mason Patrick from Holdingford went five and one. Creed Cole of United North Central went four and one. Rolling into 145 pounds, Bailey Peichel, Peachel of Frazee went 4-0. Hey, and you can help us on these pronunciations anytime. Feel free to reach out to us, send us a message, a DM, a Facebook. Not as much Facebook message because I'll never see that. Our wives may forward it to us. We, uh, I mean, our tech department in charge of Facebook may or may not be able to forward that. Um, but, yeah, if you could text us, right, or find somebody that knows us, or Twitter DM would be outstanding. Yes. I'm, okay, I'm going to rewind. I think it's Bailey Peichel of Frazee went 4-0. Easton Dirks of Brainerd went 5-1. William Polarski of Holdingford went 4-2. And, and I know we mentioned, I mentioned, I, Al, I said I was going to go with guys that had four wins or more. I'm going to give a little shout-out to Tyler Arnold of Tracy. He went 3-2. and two. That's Cody Arnold's nephew, our man, who is uh, the director of operations for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Nice. At 152 pounds, there's Alexander Shue of Tracy. He went 8-0. How many shoes they got on this team? Colby Tappy of Staples Motley went 5-0. Chase Becker of Piers went 5-1. Simon Bachman of Holden, Holdingford went 4-1. Jacob Meyer of Tracy went 6-2. Rolling into 160 pounds, Luke Bienick of Holdingford went 5-1. Alec Newby of Bemidji went 5-1. And Braden Melby of Piers went four and two. At 172 pounds, Drew Lang of Holdingford went six and zero. Oh. Preston Mayfield of Frazee went five and one. And Ricky Worry Jr. of Bemidji went four and two. At 189 pounds, Shane Carlson of Brainerd went six and zero. Oh. Caleb Coke of Piers was five and one. 215 pounds, Jackson Barkowitz of Holdingford went six and zero. Oh. Wyatt Dingman of Piers went five and one. Caleb Coke of Piers went five and one. Oh, I sorry, he was he bounced back and forth between one eighty nine and two fifteen, so I kind of doubled him up there. Ethan Martinez of Tracy went six and two, and Ethan Kozlowski of Brainerd went four and two. And at two hundred and eighty five pounds, Kevin Daly of United North Central went four and zero, oh, and Derek Zitzlow of Frazee went four and one. Now. We talked about, as we say, they, you know, we've been to this tournament. We're a fan of the format. We love the school that puts it on. They do a great job. They're 
excellent host. There's this is a a really tough tournament. When you figure holding for they they took first. They're currently ranked number third, or I'm sorry, number three in class A. They come out of section seven. In second place was Staples Motley. They're ranked fifth, and they come out of section seven. So then we go on to let's take a look at fifth place was United North Central. They're in the lean and mean. They come out of section eight. In sixth place was the number eight ranked team in the state out of section eight is Frazee. So there is, you know, like I say United North Central, they finished a spot ahead of Frazee. It, yeah, it'll be, um, those sections will be a lot of fun to keep an eye on. Yeah, and there was no, so I did a little bit of poking around here. I don't see any actual brackets out here. It looks like Staples and UNC each wrestled five duels. Okay. Um, Thief River Falls wrestled four duels. Okay. Um, and then everybody besides Tracy wrestled six. And so tra- most, most teams wrestled six duels. And Tracy was like the, got the Iron Man Award of the tournament? Yeah, they, they said, we're going to do the round robin option. We'll take everybody. We'll, we will literally... We'll Give me take one of each. One of each in the nine-team <laughs> round It's like round Josh round. at a fast food restaurant. I'll take one of each. One of each, except for when it comes to Big Macs. I'll take two. <laughs> okay, Al. Um, that might be all, all the chicken scratch I have put together. Do you have anything else? Well, I don't really have much... Um, a little bit. So real briefly, uh, the Coda Classic, uh, many many folks still remember it as the Tiger Duels. Oh, I remember that well. In Farmington. Um, it was also like an early day um, duel tournament that was a big, I think it was 16 teams back in the day. Huge. And, and really solid. Uh, still a tough tournament. And they kind of do the same thing that you're talking about here where um, they'll have two pools and then cross bracket. And they'll make sure uh, in the pools you'll typically not be not be in a pool with teams that you're in the same uh, conference with that you may wrestle uh, a little bit down the road or have already wrestled. But um, I'm just gonna to blow through real quick here. Kids that hit that went four and zero. Some kids had five matches, um, but uh, at 107. Uh, Will Bainbridge from Hastings went 4-0. Callie Graber, Northfield, also went 4-0. Up at 114. Tyler Shenevert, man, having a really nice season for Farmington. He went 4-0. Um, he had uh, a close win in his in his Hastings duel and then had a couple of Tech Falls in a major, so a few bonus point wins for Tyler. 121. Caden Borgen of St. Francis, he went 4-0. Um, also had four bonus point wins, 127, Caden Staub. Um, there was a little bit of goofiness in the track results, and he was listed at 127, 133, and 172. I'm guessing Caden was not qualified to wrestle those particular weight classes, <laughs> but he had a good weekend. He went 5-0. and Um, Trey Beisel went 4-0. and I skipped over, you know, you may say, where, where was Blake Beisel? He actually went 4-0 with a forfeit. He went 3-0, and won all the matches he could, just didn't get any other opportunities. Up at 139, Davis Perro from Farmington continues to have a really nice year. Um, he had uh, a bunch of bonus point wins up at 139. 
Zane Angles from Northfield at 145. He went 4-0. 152, we had a few guys. We had Riley Farrar of Lakeville North. He went 4-0. William Romero of St. Francis. He went 4-0. And then Farmington, uh, Tyler Sullivan had four bonus point wins. A couple of pins, a major, and a tech. Up at 160, Tyler Ruff of Lakeville North went 4-0. And then Eden Davis went 4-0, and he had a tech fall and three first-period falls. He actually, um, you know, you can look at statistics and see, like, the most falls slash tech falls for the tournament, tiebreakers with time. Uh, Eden, with his four victories in a, in a nice, timely fashion, ended up on top of that list. Really nice weekend for him. That's great, especially he came off a nice weekend over at the Cheesehead, too. Yeah, oh, that's and, awesome you know, he's at 160 now. He was wrestling up a little bigger earlier in the season um, and was having nice success, so really coming into his own, looking for big things out of Eden. Um 172, Jaden Kinzel Arenando from Two Rivers. He went 4 0 with four pins. Um, and then up at 189, Blake Krause of Lakeville North went 4 0. And that's kind of all I had. There was a lot of guys that went undefeated with two or three matches, and uh, I just kind of just kind of copied the, you know, the 4 0, the guys that had the extra matches, I guess. So um, the the five guys that had four pins and tech falls combined, Eden Davis of Farmington, Jaden Kinsel Arnando from Two Rivers, Trey Beisel from Hastings, Blake Krause from Lakeville North, and Will Bainbridge from Hastings were your four uh, dominant, uh, most dominant kids from the Coda Classic in Farmington. Yeah, that was that nice work by those guys. That is... Uh... We're building that tournament back up, which is good to see. Right. Uh, COVID right. kind of squashed it a little bit. and uh, Again, dual tournaments, man, they're fun. Duels are fun. Oh, they're super fun. Super fun. You know, and you see, you see um, I'm not going to actually say names right now, but you see a, a, a team will take a loss that they didn't expect to take, but then someone turns around and wins later, and the momentum comes back. and Oh, man. Yeah, they're fun. So, Al, um, I thought we were just about wrapped up here, but okay. there's a couple more things we got to touch on, and I think it's we're usually not very serious and try to never be serious, but uh, there's a there's <clears throat> see, help me out here. There's a little tragedy in the wrestling community right now. So let's just give a shout-out or an update to um, just help wrestling, wrestling people rally around some, some families that are embarking on some hardship. So let's start with uh, a sophomore from St. Charles, he, Braxton Wolford. He, on January 6th, he took third at the uh, Cannon Falls Invitational. And not but a week later, he needs a heart transplant. The uh, see, I'm reading. There's an article here in the by Alex Van and Houten in the the Post Bulletin that um, there's a GoFundMe page associated with this young man. He got a, he got a virus in his heart, and he is in need of a heart transplant right now. He's at 
the Mayo Clinic in um, Rochester, St. Mary's Hospital, and here's the cliff notes. It all happened in like the course of less than 48 hours. And his family says um, the yeah if you're if you're a if you're a person of faith, please send it their way. They'll they'll take it. They know they're they're not they've. They're not, there's a GoFundMe page. They're not looking for money. They're looking for prayer and, and support. So, I mean, and you could certainly donate because many, many, many people have, and they're well over their, the original $15,000 goal. Last I looked, they're at like $53,000. So feel free to donate and, and more importantly, keep their family, you know, in your um, hearts because. Right. So, a uh, young wrestler that it, I don't even know. It's, it, a virus? I've never even heard of this, Al. I don't know what to say here. Well, look, I, I'm not good at this either uh, at all. But, um, yeah, it sounds like a, a virus has attacked the strongest muscle in a young, young man's body, and um, and he needs a transplant. I, I, I Honestly, I don't really know what the state of, like, transplants is now. Um, I'm hoping that uh, with a bunch of thoughts and prayers um we can get this kid will get get a heart on his way it's just crazy you know it's super sad you you mentioned um not long ago at all he was on the mat right yeah kids people watch him wrestle and cheering and and um you know and man sometimes sometimes reality just punches you right in the right in the freaking gut right like um what's really important and uh yeah i don't thoughts and prayers to braxton and his family and if you can uh at least think about them that's great if you feel like you want to uh, are able to to send some money their way that's fine too but um yeah thoughts and prayers are most important i think for this young man and his family and here's a quote in the in the paper from their head coach that you know um, you know, we really think he'd come out on top if we could get him some help. You know, anything the family, here's the quote, anything the family was requesting, if you're a person that believes in faith, send some. Now's the time. Right. So, so that's the first, that's the first um, tragedy we're dealing with. And Al, can you help us with the next one? Can you? Pick up the slack for me here in New London Spicer. There, there well, a- look, I don't, um, I don't have, I actually don't have anything in front of me, but I know that uh, about a week and a half ago there was like a UTV accident. Um, family had, uh, I think, a few boys, and the parents were out maybe collecting traps or doing doing some normal family stuff, and um, I'm not sure, maybe the the boys ended up taking uh, the UTV back home. They're quote unquote farm kids. Like they're, they've driven the thing a million times, uh, totally common for them and freak, freak accident. UTV ended up, uh, being in a, in an accident with a truck. Um, and yeah, they, they also have a GoFundMe page, right? They do for sure. They do. Um, and, I can look. I can look that up. There was a 15-year-old, I think, driving. He passed, and then I think his two younger brothers were in the UTV as well. 
Um, unfortunately, I think one of them may have passed yesterday. Like just a absolutely crushing, crushing situation. It's uh, <clears throat> again another wrestling family that they were all just doing family things. You say like checking traps or doing something on some hunting land that they had. I don't remember the details, and I know that at the nothing out of the normal. My understanding was this is something they did all the time, right? Just, yeah. Uh, I think at the at the tiger duels there that I know the Farmington wrestling team for sure was wearing black and yellow. They had a black and yellow T-shirt. Um, for the team, you know, just to, you know, show their support. And, again, we don't, you know, thank goodness we don't have to talk about this stuff very often, and we, we certainly hope we never have to. Um, but we thought we should share it. And, yeah, the wrestling community is a tight-knit group, and, and both of these families would love to have – have the you know the wrestling Minnesota wrestling people in there, um, and and we got some people outside of Minnesota that listen to the show, but uh, have you have them in their thoughts and prayers? Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's the, the Dahl family, right? Yeah. Nope, that is. So I don't. Really, I hate to end with that. I do too. Um, I don't. It's something we talked about earlier, and then, um, you know, we like say we want to mention it. Don't love talking about that stuff. Not very fun, but it's the real world, and unfortunately, crappy things happen. And um, and thoughts, prayers, and and sometimes a couple bucks are helpful to these people. Um, I hope, yeah. Anyway, keep keep in your thoughts and prayers, and. Uh, I guess that's kind of that. Do you no. do you not have anything better we can finish on, Josh? I'm I'm trying to. Pull and by better, right I just now. mean something um, a little more upbeat. Yeah, I don't know. The um, sponsor ref got we got ten, we got eleven refs sponsored right now. Let's keep that going. It'd be nice to get to twenty by the end of the season. Boy, that would be nice. Um, as we're gonna get. You know what? Maybe we'll talk a little bit more. Every year we do a like a state tournament preview show. Yeah. Maybe we'll mix in some state tournament stuff leading up to the state tournament preview show because I I think our state tournament is tops in the nation. Oh, for sure. And we should we should celebrate it a little bit more than we do because it's it's worthy of celebrating more than just one show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. we talked a little bit earlier, Josh, about um, like dual stuff. In, in different states, and look, I I graduated uh, quite some time ago. <laughs> it was a while. It's been a minute, as the kids would say these days. <laughs> um, and for a little preview to whatever your research turns up, the way we qualified and the 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 dual tournament championship was fairly new when I was in high school, and the way you qualified was to win an individual tournament. So we talked earlier, right? Augustana, great example. Fourth yeah. in the country in duels, yeah. right? Twelfth uh, in the country in individual. We'll see how it shakes out. Maybe they finish much higher than that in individual-based uh, tournament. But um, they're a team that's super, you know, um, strong across the board. Ten tough dudes roll out a bunch of tough guys, and and this is how we are. Um, 
that, you know, it's different. And we all know that here, but, but back in the day, that's how you qualified for the dual tournament was by winning an individual Your individual tournament. performance. Which is weird. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, you qualify for the dual state tournament by how you do at an individual district tournament or whatever? Sections. Sections, sure. okay. Yeah. Depends what, what class you were. Okay. Some that makes sense. Yeah. had sections and then districts. So the, I, I was a single-A wrestler. We had sections, which was a fairly good-sized tournament, eight, ten teams, whatever, right? Typical. But then if you – the top two at sections qualified for districts, which was a four-man tournament, literally a four-man tournament, and then the top two from that four-man tournament qualified for state. Okay. So you actually had to have two good weekends, yeah. you know, to, to make it to the state tournament. Oh, man. It was goofy. That, well, uh, I'm sure they were No surprise. The, I'm sure they weren't the only ones that had something like that. So, okay. Um, yeah. I don't have anything else. And um, we laughed a little bit at Iowa, which was, I guess, a better way to, to end that. Um, hope everybody's doing good out there. And uh, we will record again soon. Well, yeah, another good. great Thanks for coming. podcast. Yeah. Time for the end of show wrap. Minnesota Wrestling representing. Alan Josh is the podcast show. Just two guys that's in the know. Bringing the wrestling news episodes. You can sit and listen or hear on the go. Voices is smooth. Podcast is free. Many platforms for downloading. Minnesota Wrestling. Alvin Josh Raymond report the scene. High school, college, women, youth. Minnesota Wrestling is for you. Live from the kitchen, I'm in Studio 2. Can't wait for the next one. Stay tuned.